All right, so you start. Yeah. <laughs> We're butchering his beautiful music. I told you what I think about that piece, right? Yeah, you told me something really crazy. Okay, do you want me to tell you again? While it's on no, mic and please, people can no, hear it? No, please, no. I think that it not only is one of the best pieces of music in Star Wars, I think it's one of John Williams' best pieces of music. And I'm so upset that it's in this film. Anyway, this is our... Well, you lead it off. I let off last time. You lead this one off. What are we talking about? This is going about another Star Wars film. Which is, like, so much better than the other one that we saw, in my opinion. Mate, I'm already mad. Just don't make me mad, all right? I, got, <laughs> I, I woke up late today. I got late here for the recording. And I did not want to rewatch this movie. I mean, the other day when we well, started we to it. talk about... What? It's Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I, I yeah. said to introduce it. You just yes. didn't want it. Yes. So I was getting to it. That's right. Attack of well, the Clones. Well, they're going to know it's Attack of the Clones. It's in the title of the podcast. I mean... No, it It'd be pretty funny sure, for I'm going to make sure it isn't. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, it's Attack of the Clones, the second Star Wars film. In uh, chronologically. No, ever made. Ever made? Oh, ever really? Made. Yeah. Oh, that's it's, interesting. It's not very well known, but George Lucas went back to the 1970s to make the sequels. Because nobody in the 2000s would give him money after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. How much money do you think he has been offered over the years to continue making them? Do you think Disney ever made an offer? I know, I know they made the offer on the I franchise, think, but do you I think, think someone might have. Because he's always been a billionaire, right? Never since Star Wars. Yeah, since, it, since right? Star Wars. I, I, I thought you meant. Since Star Wars. I thought you meant always. <laughs> he wasn't born a millionaire, I don't think so. But. Uh, so he, he was the he's son of always, a grocer in um, his, Palo Alto, I believe. Sure, but he. Uh, I think he must, he must have gone, gotten a lot of offers from. 20th Century Fox. He was born in Modesto, California, sorry. Yeah, a lot of offers. Probably a lot of offers, yeah. but he can say no. He could say no if he wanted. Oh, of course. I mean, that's the thing that's so fascinating about these movies. And the thing that I really respect is that these are the most expensive independent films. Some of the most expensive independent films ever made. They're all financed by one guy. And part of the way he was able to finance them was by selling off some of the toy rights. Places like Hasbro. And yeah, yeah, these films are completely his vision. Every single shot of them, every sound is 100% his vision. And uh, we've just watched Attack of the Clones again. Um, yeah. What do you think of it? You said, I'm not sure if we mentioned this last time, but you said how this um, Attack of the Clones has the best opening. I completely take back what I said. Right? Oh my god, I can't believe if I if I did say that, I apologize to humanity for uh, I'll say this. Saying that. I, I do I I enjoyed it more than <laughs> Phantom Menace. 
Yeah, you're mad. But only because I know what's going on at all times. Well, yeah. Phantom Menace is like... It's it's a bit random, Phantom Menace. It's a tiny it is, bit it random. It is a bit random. Well, this one... You know what's going on at all times. What's going on is really boring. But at least you know what's going on. It's really boring and it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, remember that thing we were saying when the Tatooine planet cuts away to Geonosis? Is that the bug planet? Yeah. And you can't tell. They look like exactly the same planet. They, they, they are in the they same... They are completely indistinguishable from each other. Yes. I mean... Let's let's talk about the movie. Oh, well, it's important to say George Lucas wrote these films separately. And as I was telling you, according to IMDb trivia, which is not a reliable source of information, George Lucas was deeply hurt by the feedback he received from Phantom Menace. I mean, I can't imagine thirty years after making a film that is universally beloved by everyone and wins, I think, six, seven Oscars. He himself, I believe, gets nominated for director. Yeah. As well as for best picture. Yeah. Um, I cannot imagine my first directing credit, my first writing and directing credit in 30 years since making one of the most beloved films of all time being received with as much animosity as Phantom Menace. Like, that is truly devastating. And I'm very glad that he seems like he has had a very healthy relationship with that feedback. It's devastating, but... I feel really wouldn't, bad. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say he's a serve to her? I'd say towards the movies, but not towards him. Like... But it, it is a serve, though. Mm. He... He's still George Lucas, you know? Like, he still created Star Wars and Indiana Jones. But that's not... And Howard the Duck. Yeah, that's why... That's and why Willow. when That's why when you watch this films, you're like... Man, you could have just, you know, written something better. Yeah, but he also like he could have just he also it. could have rewritten Star Wars and just done something safe. Well, that's, he what, also that's did what I already it. did. It was mm. already a script, and then it was changed over time and like multiple times. I don't know. Yeah, that's the rumor. But obviously, he wanted know. to do these films because of a new possibility with the technology, with where the world was at at the time where he was telling it. I mean, he remastered the pre the uh, sequel trilogy, which is the original trilogy no, before doing script. these films. And one yeah. of the things that's interesting about this film is. The way they demonstrated uh, CG Yoda to him was they digitally recreated the scene from The Empire Strikes Back when Luke first meets Yoda. And it, you can find it online. You can see it's not John Knoll. It's another one of the ILM guys showing him this footage. And it's weird. It's really weird. And CG Yoda in this film is really weird. It looks, doesn't look very good. It doesn't look good at all, I'd argue. No. I mean, like, we'll, we'll get like, to we're, Last we're so, Jedi. We're so... We're but... so um... The edition of Phantom Menace, where Yoda, where Yoda is, is, CG, is yeah. CG. But that's more replaced. recent. That's from 2012. And you can tell that they've used all the innovations with skin technology, fur technology, um, with creating muscles underneath so, a, yeah. a computer-generated skeleton so to make got, him a bit more convincing. You got from that CG Yoda that's more recent yeah, to, to this one. This one. And Which this is one looks... two years before Ang Lee's Hulk, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And it just doesn't... Doesn't look very good. It doesn't look good at all. Okay, so the movie. When did you see this movie for the first time? I saw this movie for the first time. I remember um, my siblings rented it once uh, because my parents were. It's a year out before Angley's Hulk, sorry. So we went out for. Uh, my parents went out for dinner or something, like a party or something, and then we rented, we rented a film to watch. And they rented. Um, 
Attack of the Clones. I remember always my friends in class that always talked about this film, mm. and I had never seen it. And I was right. like, oh, that's interesting. So but what year did you see it for the first time? It must have been 2013. So you saw it almost... 2003. 2003. Oh, so yeah, you saw it the year after. Yeah, no, no, like... Or the year after. The year after, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. When it was already on DVD, and back then it was... DVD? Dead. Yeah. You had DVDs in 2003? Or VHS. Yeah. So I don't know. Whatever. But, like, um, it, 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 like, BHS didn't come out until, like, a year later. It wasn't, like, now. Like, it's just a month or two for, for them to come out, right? And uh, I remember I remember it, this movie being the first movie I ever fell asleep on. <laughs> it was so boring. During, I fe- I fell during asleep. the Naboo scenes, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was, like, I remember I stopped carrying during the sun bit. Like, I hate sand, and I think... Oh, you mean the most infamous scene from this movie? Yeah. I, I just need to give context scene. for a little bit. The reason I was so amazed that Gabriel had DVDs in 2003, even though they technically were in wide circulation by 2000, is because I grew up on an island called Tasmania, where I remember the first DVD I ever got would have been in about the year 2005, and I was... This is how much of a nerd I am. I was an avid VHS advocate. I thought VHS was the real way you were meant to watch a movie. Oh, and DVD, what? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, and DVD, fuck, DVD was dirty was because you, you you didn't get the sensation of rewinding the videotape and you just could skip and I didn't like that. And I thought DVDs would wear down quicker. And my brother, who is much smarter than me, immediately said, no, you're an idiot. If a videotape gets scratched, it's irreparable. Whereas a DVD, you can just buff it out and it's fine. Yeah. Although now, looking back on it, I was right. DVD was a temporary, temporary and easily replaceable technology. Did I tell you that story about how last year Civic Video closed down at Bondi and I went in and they were selling a DVD for a dollar and I bought 30 DVDs? I did the same thing. You did? You went to Civic when it closed down? It was the one on uh, Leichhardt. Oh, the Leichhardt one. Okay, yeah. It, um, was, it was like one of the last days because yeah. I went in there there was, was the nothing. the last day. Yeah, there was right. nothing. Nothing was left. And I think I bought Star Trek 3. Oh, right. Uh, Friday versus uh, Friday the 13th, I think is like part Oh, you mean the remake? Or something oh, like okay. that. But seven and like a bunch of like films that I like that looked interesting, like Animatrix was yeah. in there, which is like oh that's man, cool. this that's interesting, yeah, and like shit like that, and uh, and a Terminator film, and I thought it was Terminator Salvation, but it's actually like a three D animated Terminator film that what I've never heard of. Yeah, it's there. Well, like Starship Troopers Roughnecks or something, where it's like just a CG remake of the. The movie. I don't even know if it's a remake or like I have. Mate, why have you never told me about this? We have to dig it out for our Terminator. If, if we ever do another series. Oh, oh yes. Oh. Baron does maybe now. we maybe Baron we have does to have ten, fran- ten franchises that he wants to do. I definitely don't have a list of all the franchises we're gonna cover that nah. will take up the rest of our natural lives. Nah, this one. You know how um Jeff Bezos, um, the minimum wage at Amazon is like eight bucks an hour, and how a worker would need to work one point three seven I believe billion years, maybe it's million, but it feels like a billion years to earn as much money as Jeff Bezos currently has. I feel like we need to live for something like 20 million years to watch all of the movies on my IMDb watch list. Do you know how many are on there now? How many? 920. I counted the other day because I've got two lists from two separate accounts. I think I have two films in there because... Have you only read it? Like, you forget? 
I just never pay attention to things like that. I always click add to watch list, add to watch list. I never think of the repercussions. You know which film we need to talk about? Which one? Like Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah. We probably <laughs> should start talking about it at some point. Okay, so the opening sucks. No, I've got to tell you what I bought from Civic Video. Uh, 30 like, films, yeah. Yeah, 30 yeah. films. We'll go through each one of them in great detail. No, my point is I bought 30 DVDs. Um... I have not watched a single one since I bought it. No, no, me neither. I actually haven't watched a single one. I, I actually bought Power in this movie. I tried, oh, I tried watching it. I tried yeah. watching it, but it was stressed. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Like the end. I put in, um, I put in, I bought a DVD of uh, The New World and I put it in and the quality was so bad. It was like one of those early 2005, like before I think they were dual layered. And um, the quality was so bad. And, you know, it's Emmanuel Lebesky's cinematography and it's a Terrence Malick film. And I was like, I would much rather just buy a Blu-ray of this. And, yeah, it it really sucked. It really sucked. Attack of the Clones, Attack I remember Clones. watching fondly on VHS. Okay, so Attack of the Clones. I first watched it, I'd say, also in 2003. Hmm. I, um, Did you see... You didn't see Phantom or this? I didn't see theaters. Phantom in theatres. I think I saw Clones in theatres. So I definitely saw Sith. I might have seen Clones. I, I saw Theaters. Sith. I remember. I, I remember. Been... Oh, I have a story about. No, Sith. yeah, I definitely saw Clones. I would have been seven years old, and um, I do remember it. I do remember it. I think it was at the uh, Village Hobart. Mm. It almost certainly would have been at the Village Hobart. I remember seeing Revenge of the Sith at Village Hobart. Yeah, good theater. Terrible sound system, but good theater. Interesting. Yeah. So the opening scene sucks. Yeah, I remembered it being better, where um, it's, you know, this assassination plot. But what sucks about it is that you've got this really great atmosphere and this good music after the crawl, which I don't even want to get into just how generic the crawl is. Um, but you come down to the planet and you've got the ship rotating, you've got these weird purple flares, and then you cut away to this weird interior scene of what you assume is Queen Amidala talking to just two randos. Oh, whoa, whoa. The crawl sets up that it's Senator Aminala. No. You're right, not Queen, not Queen. It's not Senator. Queen. So and get your facts right. Yeah, I know. And um, even that is kind of kind of bizarre. And then they land. Two uh, random soldiers get out. One who is meant to be Captain Panaka, but is not, as we discussed. The actor who plays Captain Panaka in Phantom Menace. He said that before he was in the film, he wanted to grip the script. Hugh Quashie was meant to play Captain Panaka. What yeah. Is he, he tried to... Um, he, the, the, he wanted to read the script. The whole the script. The whole script before... Uh, he accepted the role. Before he accepted the role and then they wrote him out and put someone else in. It's almost like he learned from his experience on Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, wait a second. He probably had like an hour of scenes cut out of Phantom Menace. Because you haven't seen the Attack of the Clones or Sith deleted scenes, right? I haven't seen any. It's like 45 minutes of deleted mm. scenes. You know how most movies have like one or two? Like, they cut a lot out. Like, you meet Padme's parents in one of the deleted scenes. And they're played by like two... What? They're played by two very famous... I think Graham Blundell plays her dad. Like, it's some parents. very famous Australian actors play her parents. I'm telling you. Oh my god, I didn't know this, but Hugh Quashie is in Highlander, apparently. Ooh, which I is good. Got a, I haven't watched it since I was quite young. Um, yep, so the movie begins with an assassination attempt on Padme's life. I think it's a pretty exciting setup for the rest of the movie. Then immediately you go to a meeting with the Jedi where the villain is named for the first time. Count Dooku. They, 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 they drop his name. Like, no, they I, don't I think, I th I think Padme... Um, Padme. Says his name... With no evidence. 
Like they didn't even they don't even say who is trying to kill her other side of the scene. They don't care who's trying to kill her. They just want to protect her. They're like, we're we're not here to find out who's doing this. Like everyone thinks it's crazy when Anakin's like, we'll find out who's trying to kill you, Padme. And Obi Wan's like, no, Anakin, we're not here to do that. And he's like, why not? And everyone's like, well, because that's not what we're here to do. Anakin's Keep like, us on the peace. Not, not soldiers. soldiers. A great line that definitely um, will hold true through this film. Yeah. And then. As they're leaving, Padme's like, oh yeah, I think Count Dooku did this. A guy we have never heard of. We haven't heard of him in the previous movie. In this movie, is I think think he's in the crawl. He is in the crawl. Like, definitely. I don't know what they say about him in the crawl. But he's definitely on it. Baron is just checking right now. Checking right now. Oh, yep. The Separatist movement under the leadership of the mysterious Count Dooku. So again, I just want to say, you know how I said last time that these films are interesting with how they course correct in certain ways? Mm -hmm. This film, George makes the exact same mistake as Phantom Menace, which is not introducing his central villain until almost halfway through the film. In Phantom Menace, it's Darth Maul, who doesn't interact with our main characters until halfway through the movie, after Anakin has beaten the pod race. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And in this film, Dooku shows up at, I think we clocked it, at an, an hour, an 15 hour minutes. 15. Yeah. An hour, 15 into the movie, Obi-Wan sees Dooku for the first time. And the way he sees him isn't a close-up on Dooku with him walking menacingly through a hall. It's Obi-Wan is staring off to the left of screen, and Dooku walks past, and you see him for all of, I think, three seconds on screen. And then you don't come back to a scene with him and Obi-Wan for another 20 minutes. It's it's absurd. It's, yeah. it's really... And the thing that is really frustrating about this is that George Lucas introduced the most iconic villain of all time in the original Star Wars. Like, Darth Vader is introduced before Luke Skywalker. Yeah, he's introduced before the main character. He walks in on Long screen. The entire environment is white. The soldiers are white. Darth Vader, clad in black armour, walks out of a smoky backlit set and he is immediately identifiable as the bad guy. These films do a terrible job with their villains. Yeah. It's one of my biggest reasons why the movies don't work. Anyway, so in the movie, Padme names Count Dooku as her attacker. Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan are assigned Oh, you really want to talk about this. Yeah, so... The first time you meet your heroes... Yes. It's in an elevator. An elevator. Right? Having some banter. And and they... Like, the funny thing is that in the previous scene, before they get introduced, uh, I think Yoda... Um, oh, it's a mace window that says, oh, we'll have Obi-Wan and Anakin. No, Palpatine suggests it. Palpatine, Palpatine suggests it. like, what if it was someone familiar to you? Like, young Master Kenobi. I'm Imagine sorry. in that moment... Ian McDermott's voice is wonderful. I'm butchering it. Imagine if in that moment, suddenly... It cuts to Obi-Wan and Anakin doing something extra cool in a plan. Yeah, he's got to like say something. running around, like in fact, running away from like droids or something. Windu, Windu says something like he's he's returning from a diplomatic mission. All yes. you need to do is have, do, is have, Dooku, is have uh, Windu say, oh, uh, Obi-Wan will be back tomorrow. He's on a diplomatic mission at the moment. Yeah, and then you cut straight to uh, Obi-Wan like Anakin, running yeah. through a forest or something. And Anakin Star Trek like, running back yeah. like, where were you guys? Like, yeah, I don't Star, know, Trek, something Star Trek into like Darkness. That. It's exactly what they do. It's like, Anakin! You, why did you kidnap the, the princess? Yeah. <laughs> why did you, like why did you, you, why did you kiss the princess? 
I don't know. In front of her father. It's such a clear like way to introduce your main characters, yeah. but instead, uh, you, you, they cut away to the standing elevator. in an elevator. Now, it's not a terrible way to introduce them, except. First of all, this scene was reshot. It's 100% confirmed that this was a reshot scene because Ewan McGregor had had his... Um, I believe he'd had his beard shaved for Moulin Rouge, which was also shooting at Fox Studios hmm. Australia right after. Funny fact, I, wo- I work two buildings over from where these uh, films were shot. And from what I've heard, it was a really great experience for everyone working on them. A lot of blue screen, though. Anyway, Obi-Wan um, appears in this elevator with Anakin... And he's telling him to be calm, and Anakin's like, Oh, I just can't stop thinking about Padme. It's been like ten years since I've seen her. I really wanna really wanna meet with Padme again. And their relationship is so vague in how familiar they are with each other and how friendly they are with each other. Like, I don't think they have a single moment of being friends in this whole film. No. There's a lot of them thrown into the third film. Y- is it? Yeah. In the third film, they're like cracking jokes. They're like... Oh, yeah. I talking guess. banter. They're like very comfortable with each other. Yeah. In this film, they always seem like they're being antagonistic towards each other. Well, it feels like Anakin just hates Obi-Wan in this yes. film. Yes. Well, he does. He actually says, Obi-Wan, he's holding me back. There is I no... hate him. I hate him. He's like it's my father, but fault. I hate him. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. And, uh, yeah, so they meet Padme. Oh, before that... <laughs> Oh yeah, so you said that uh, elevator scene confirmed to be a reshoot. Hundred percent confirmed to so be a reshoot. If that wasn't in the film, the first time we meet our characters, main characters is by Jar Jar Binks walking up to Obi Wan and Anakin and just shaking their hands. And like, and the first time you see Anakin is when at when Padme recognizes him. Yeah, so it's like, my goodness, you've grown. My goodness, you've grown. You too. Jake Lloyd, you More grew beautiful. up so Jake Lloyd, you grew up so much in three years. You grew up so much that you're older than me now. Yeah, that's true. I think Kate Christensen is either two months or two years older than Natalie Portman. Again, I just need to say, all the actors in this film have done very good performances outside of the Star Wars films. Including Hayden Christensen. I mean, we've talked about Shattered Glass. He's in um, a film before this that I saw a long time ago called um, A Lifeless Imagined, I believe it is. I mean, he's. Um, I think he's fine in Jumper. Oh, yeah. Not, it, not I, a great I, film. I liked him. Where he's Jumper. reunited with uh, Samuel Jackson. Hayden Christensen is 38 years old. Dude is due for a comeback. That's pretty young. Yeah, he could do anything. He's good. I, I like him. I think Jake Lloyd is a better Anakin in the first film. As written hmm. in how he performs the dialogue. Yeah, you say that, but I kind of disagree. Everybody disagrees with me on that. That's fine. I think Hayden Christensen is given, and he's in Virgin Suicides, of course, which is, I believe, how George Lucas is aware of him because Virgin Suicides is directed by Sofia Coppola, produced by Francis. George obviously would have met Hayden during production on that, I'd imagine. I completely forgot he's in Virgin Suicides. He must be one of the, the less famous boys. Anyway, I think Hayden Christensen really sucks in this film. And it sucks yep. because he obviously. I, I said to you when we were recording, when we were talking off mic, you can watch the behind the scenes of them making this film, and Ewan and Hayden are having so much fun, like they're they're like energized together. You can see these guys being a good combo, and none of that's on screen. So it's not so much that George Lucas didn't direct them; it's more like he actively made them act worse. I heard a beautiful because if if yeah. they were just. 
you know, not being directed, and it was yeah. just them performing. However, the thing they which is how the many directors direct. Uh, Clint Eastwood, Woody Allen, a very famous of being hands then off. It, it would have turned out better. So it must yes. have been George actively telling them to turn it down, or I think or it's like something much something. simpler. I think it's much much simpler than that, actually. And this is something I'm really excited to talk about. So I heard a beautiful saying yesterday. Um, Robin Williams. It was one of his um, kind of mid-80s interviews it would have been and it's him talking about working on Dead Poets Society and the thing that's so interesting about Dead Poets Society is that it was Robin Williams' first dramatic performance which I didn't even know um, because, you know, there are so many great dramatic performances in that decade and beyond like The Birdcage, um, Patch Adams there's heaps yeah. uh, Hook to a degree is a dramatic performance for him um, it's really fascinating when he talks about what Peter Weir did for him and for those young boys, like Ethan Hawke and all of the other cast, Robin Williams basically said he created an environment where all of us felt like we could each have our moment of energy and we never were trying to steal energy from another performer. And what I love about that is he's putting the emphasis not on directing and being a leader and being the one who comes up with all the ideas. He's just creating an environment and I think that's something that I hear said about many great directors, like about Nolan, about Spielberg, definitely, is that they are masters of creating a workspace where you are able to be creative and you won't get shot down for creative ideas. Peter Jackson is very famous for that. And I think George is trying to do that for everybody who isn't working on the set on the day of filming. I think ILM is clearly an environment where creativity is allowed to flourish. We'll talk later about how ILM was given a huge amount of freedom and flexibility to create whatever they wanted in the battles. But I think for these actors, like Hayden, who this is his first big studio film, Ewan has barely done anything at this point except for Phantom Menace in terms of large studio projects. They're coming onto a set every day where it's nothing but blue screen. They sometimes have a reference actor opposite them, like I know for the uh, Camonians they did. But they have nothing to respond to and George is the only guy who is telling them what they're meant to be reacting to. And as you and I, I think, agree, George isn't the best communicator at times. So I think they're literally in an environment where they are so afraid of doing anything wrong and so afraid of stepping out of line that they become wooden. That's truly, I think, why the acting in these films suffers the most. Um, it's, I'd say that's a good theory mm. more than anything. No, it's, it's like a good reason to give why they... Might I just think that speaks to what like you that. just said about how if he told them nothing, the performances might be better. Yeah, my thought, and I think I've always thought this, is that it's, it's more of a response to the original trilogy. How right. Obi-Wan, you know, he is very... Obi-Wan, Ben Kenobi is very... He's stoic. Stoic. He's also charming, though. He's, like he's having fun. He's having fun, but he is meant to be a monk. Yes, he's meant to be a, an old wise this. sage. Yeah. He's an old wise sage. So I think um, most of the things with the prequels, yes. like this got next to everything in the prequels, is that George wanted to like closely adapt every hint he left in the original films, like the Explain clone, it. the Clone Wars, the fact that he's a sage and like. Uh, the Jedi and all that. He wanted to explain all that while using the original films as references. Yes. So if Obi-Wan is a monk and he's a master, all the, mas all the masters are monks. 
So all, all the Jedi are yeah. like that. All of them must wear sand robes. So now it becomes a plot point that the Jedi can't laugh and they are not allowed to have emotions, even though that was never in the original. But that's what um, George wrote because uh, they're meant to be monks and like they're meant to be, you know, thinking logic not, before emotion, yeah, right? Not, not the worst idea for what would frustrate a young teenager being kidnapped from his home, not kidnapped, but taken from his home world, put into this incredibly rigorous, it seems, society of the Jedi Order. And, you know, he falls in love with a young girl and he really wants to be with her. And they're saying no. My but- big problem is that neither of the films really treat his relationship with Padme as a danger. Like, they very openly are in love and have, like, a massive apartment in the next film. Yeah, that's right. They live together. They live together in like, down, in, like, the middle of the city and, like, with open windows where they could easily be spotted. Yeah, like, everyone... Everyone knows! Well, everyone ever hangs out with Anakin after work or something, like... To be yeah, fair, I'd would you want to... Would you want to hang out with Anakin after work? You meant this to, character? You're meant to take care of him. You're meant to teach him to like not become evil because All in the in the, the in the in the Phantom Menace yeah. it's introduced as he might be dangerous. So Obi-Wan should have been like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll be I'll be good for you. You know, like I don't know. Oh uh, we we should talk about the assassination attempts, because it's where the film really starts to go. Okay, yeah. So after the scene with the wooden acting and um Oh, there was something about Jar Jar oh, in that yeah? scene. Remember? What happens? What happens with Jar Jar? He said something. I can't remember. <laughs> what? Padme's real beautiful, isn't she, Annie? No. We might have to cut this off, but I remember I wanted to make a point about it. Can you play it? Yeah, there we go. So, just... Yeah. Okay. So, something in that scene before we go to the assassination attempt... Yeah. Is that... Everyone throughout this whole scene is saying things like, Oh, we're here to do our job. We're here to, like... You will obey my orders, You will obey my orders, young Padawan. And then Anakin shooting back at him and he's like... No, Anakin, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. We're in a meeting right now. We're in a meeting right now. And then at the end, she says... Anakin, your erection is pushing up the table. (laughs) Then, uh, Obi-Wan, at the end, he says, at the end of the scene, he says, yeah, he was pleased to see us. Like She was pleased to see us. She was pleased to see us, which is like... Anakin, Padme God. really thinks that you're oh, you're something. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ. You might have a shot, my young Padawan. That's like fucking throwing, it, fire, uh, throwing yeah. wind into the fire. I know, he's, he's throwing oil on a, <laughs> throwing on a raging teenage fire. <laughs> And then um, they talk about how Padme turned off her security cameras no. because she didn't like Anakin looking at her. No, 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 no. It's Anakin chooses not to put cameras on, on her. No, no, it's Padme's choice. Is it? Padme didn't like him her him watching her. It's hundred percent Padme's choice. Fine, but I would want to have been like, yeah, bullshit. We need cameras in there because. No, don't worry. R 2s in there. Is what Anakin says. R 2s in there. He's definitely on the job. Yeah. So much so that a little droid is able to fly up in front of the window, mission impossible, a hole inside the window, drop in two bugs, which managed to avoid the motion detecting lasers. Oh yeah, on the, the floor. worst lasers of all the time. The worst of the lasers like, that only cover. Like it's, it's these lasers that keep moving. Yeah, they 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 expand and then they contract. Like they expand, the they contract, they expand and they contract. And the bugs but, but drop they, in they directly. They don't expand in like. 
different times, so it's so always So you've seen covered. this film like three times before at least, like all the way four through. or five times. Yeah, know. I've seen it at least three times before this. I had never noticed those fucking lasers. I always notice them. Okay. Always. Well, you're just... Well, I was watching it on VHS and you were watching it on DVD. We've established okay. this. And like, my Tasmanian VHS player was not high resolution at all. And, and, I, and I'm like, and the fucking... They didn't even wait for the lasers to go out. No. They just drop. They just drop. They just fall. Like, oh, what a fucking... Whatever, it's a tiny thing. The thing that really sucks is that the bugs climb up onto Padme, R2 is completely oblivious, and then the Jedi... This is very important. The Jedi sense something in the next Anakin room. Sense Anakin No, Obi-Wan says, I sense it too. Oh, oh yeah. They He's both also... sense it, they jump into the room, Anakin immediately cuts Padme's head off with his lightsaber, and the movie's over. He, like, slices the bugs off her... Now we get to the really first... Precisely, the, the bugs are really small, so... Now we get to the first of several massive moments in the film where characters' brains swap in their heads. So all of a sudden, Obi-Wan sees the droid outside the window. He thinks, I'm going to jump on that. <laughs> and he launches himself through the window, catches the droid, and plummets to his death because the droid cannot support his weight. Um, Anakin goes, steals a car, drives after him. Literally, steals a, steals a oh car. Oh my god, this is... This, Anakin likes to steal. Anakin likes to steal, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to we'll, it. We'll, we'll get to it, but Anakin... We'll, that's the first time he steals something, okay? No, 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 you're forgetting that he stole Padme's heart, which is revealed later in the film. But no, that's later in the film. That's later in the film, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, then we have, what, the, the worst... Second worst action scene in the film because there's a war scene in this film. I would give it the worst. I think this scene mm. is awful. It's pretty bad. George Lucas loves things going fast. He loves lots of dynamic action and movement. Yes. My theory. I can talk about my theory. Yeah, go for it. So my theory is that George Lucas' favorite scene in the original must have been the spirit chase yes. in, uh, in Endor, in Jedi. In Return of the Jedi, yeah. Because he tries to replicate that same feeling in, in each the of the prequels. Yeah. There's a boat race that is... Very similar. Well, I mean, it's kind of the same feeling that you get on the trench run. In but in the trench run, they're not dodging anything. Ever. That's true. Yeah, oh, they're, do they're dodging the, the ships that are like in the trench with them. I, I get no. what you mean about the speeder bikes, about how they're very tangible. You're flying through a forest where everything's very dangerous. Yeah. And of course, it's worth mentioning, George Lucas, when he was, I believe, 22, 23 years old, was in a near-fatal car accident. Like, he loved driving. He he owns a Ferrari. He owns several sports cars. I mean, he is a massive... Right? Yeah, I mean, he loves cars. The guy loves vehicles. He loves going fast. He's a really... He's a very tactile filmmaker when it comes to this kind of stuff. I think this scene completely betrays all of his instincts about that, though. Yeah. I think this scene feels completely void of any kind of weight, any kind of tension. We have two moments of characters falling over into another ship. Yes. You have... Um, and Obi-Wan Obi does it first. Obi-Wan falls into the speeder where Anakin is, and then Anakin jumps, Anakin out the jumps off the speeder mm. to fall on the bad guy ship. Yeah, you know how it could have worked better? Anakin just jumps out of the f in the first place and jumps onto the bad guy ship. And, that, and then yeah. it makes sense when Obi-Wan says, Oh, not again. Yeah, exactly. Hate, hate, like it when he, hate it when he does that. Hate it when he does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah hate it when he does that. Um, anyway, okay. the chase is long, it's really long, and it's really boring, and it yeah. looks terrible. Yeah. One thing I want to bring up quickly, because this film changes something considerably on two departments from Phantom Menace and from all the previous Star Wars films. Up until this film, all the Star Wars films have been shot majority, majority, majorly on film. 
Phantom Menace has two scenes, I believe, that are shot using the new Sony Cine Alta cameras. This film is the first mainstream Hollywood production that filmed entirely with the Sony um, Cine Alta cameras, the 900 series. Now, what's interesting to know about these cameras is that they've been used on many great films. They were used on Rachel Getting Married. They were used, they're still used, I believe, in broadcast TV. I think The Big Bang Theory shot with them for the first few seasons. They're very, very powerful industry standard cameras. The thing about motion picture film, however, is that motion picture film has a resolution of around 6,000 pixels. If you were to roughly convert the granular structure of film and interpret that as a pixel, you've got about 6K resolution, which is why 35mm film is still superior to most commercial cameras. Now, what's interesting about this film is the Sony supports a resolution of 1920 by 1080, or as we call it today, full HD. Now, that was higher than was required at the time for broadcast. Broadcast back then was only 480. So it was considered like a massive upscale in resolution. But about 10 years ago, and I think it was 2009, ILM and Lucasfilm said, we are going to remaster all of the films and release them for Blu-ray. It must have been more than 10 years ago by now because the Blu-rays aren't that old, aren't that recent. Um, But what they found was you can upscale... Um, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, all to 4K, no problem. You can upscale Phantom Menace, for the most part, without any problems. You can't upscale Clones or Revenge of the Sith. Because, as you probably know, resolution doesn't really mould well to being upscaled. Eventually you just start getting artefacts and you you get degradation, you get bayering, you get all these issues to do with digital resolution that you don't have with film. Like, film can be rescanned at whatever size you want, and it should look pretty good. Like, I've seen The Dark Knight, which has many scenes, the majority of the scenes shot on 35mm, projected at IMAX. And yeah, it doesn't look as good as the IMAX stuff, but it still looks good. It's this weird thing where they lent so hard into shooting these films digitally that I think both it affected the cinematography, the makeup, all the other departments, and it's affected the long-term legacy of the films, because they can't ever be restored to their full quality to match with today's displays. What a shame. I know, it's such a shame. The other massive change is, of course, the entire film is comprised of CGI environments, more CGI characters than any film before it. Yeah. There is one scene of the entire film that has no use of green screen. Yeah. One scene. And... It's kind of funny. It's pretty... It's pretty pretty nuts. And would you say that most of the CG has held up well? Uh, I can point out specific shots that might still look alright, but the rest of it looks still like it looks awful. The rest of it, there's some some CG. I mean, we recently saw Lord of the Rings again. Yes, we did in the cinema. Yep. And those films are two thousand two. No, two thousand one, two thousand three. I believe two. Yeah, I believe two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three. Right. Yeah. And not everything looks great. On those films. And this is the truth. Some really long shots that they, there's like inserted armies that are yeah. completely computer generated and they don't look that good. Yeah, I think... But then the, which, things yeah. like... Not the dragons, the, the, the things that the Nazgul... Oh, the uh, the Nazgul's... Um, mounts. Yeah. Those things still look amazing. Like, there's still like things in those films that look really good. They look like today's standard. Absolutely. I mean, even Gollum looks amazing. Yeah, and but in the other hand, Star Wars, the prequels, they like all of that whole Coruscant scene looks terrible. 
They've aged really badly. Oh. And one of the things I think is worth mentioning is that um, the advantage of something like creating Gollum is that you're shooting him in a real environment with real light sources. And this is around the time that HDRI is starting to come in, which is where you take a sphere. You've seen this on sets where they take a sphere, put it in the middle of a soundstage or a set, and that creates a, um, a reference for the direction of light, the, the, uh, the depth of the light or the strength of the light. As well as the shadow. And yeah, and you flip it and you get a reflective surface and you get a matte surface. And those let you create your materials with true specular light imagery as well as um, light density. And that's one of the reasons why the stuff that's shot on a soundstage in this film, like on Camino, looks better than the stuff that's just purely in a CGI environment where they're having to create light sources completely from scratch. And yeah. Gollum looks as good as he does in part because they trained a special effects and makeup artist to use the computer at Weta Digital so that he could get the texturing right, so that he could get the um, the effect of the skin and the way the skin would fold and the way that Gollum's teeth looked and all of that was created by somebody who had a familiarity with a tactile medium. Because we're talking about the infancy of CGI technology. I mean, mm. Jurassic Park is 93, and since then we've had maybe a few advancements, but really, Phantom Menace is the first time anyone has put a hundred CG characters on screen. Yeah. And in Attack of the Clones, it's a thousand. Yeah. He massively no, upscales. Thousands, like thousands. Thousands. thousands and yeah. But Two Towers comes out the same year as this. Great year for Christopher Lee, can we just say. What an oh, amazing year. Yeah. Yeah. Love Christopher Lee in this. He yeah, is the one good performance of this film. Kind of. I would argue. Kind of. He holds the film together from the halfway point. Very well. Um... Anyway, Coruscant scene is really boring. They go into a club. But they go into the club, which yeah. you have a nice trivia about it. Yeah. Oh, no, before that trivia, we have <laughs> Dama's line in, in, in this film, which is uh, Obi-Wan saying, this weapon is your life. It's like... Yeah, he holds out Anakin's lightsaber and says... This, I think they were literally just setting life. up the joke at the end when yeah, Anakin yeah. loses his lightsaber. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and he says... Oh, everyone's not hate me. And that's that's the whole reason that scene is there. It's almost it's like awesome. it was the fourth draft of the script. That's more than other directors. It's a, it's more like it was the fourth draft of the script. Do you yeah. want to tell that story? Allegedly, this film started shooting with the fourth draft of the screenplay. Yes. Because George took a long time to write it. And he wrote because the Because he was depressed. He was very depressed. Of the... But he had, to, he had to keep making them. I mean, you've got to finish the story. So, but like, they were in pre-production. Yes. Months before the script even started. Of course, you have to be. So That's not uncommon. How do that you... always happens. That but always happens. Why, what are you preparing? No, he says to them, like, there's going to be a planet where the clones are made. There's going to be a planet where there's a battle at the end. So he, he, that, then he does have an idea what's well, going to happen. Mate, if you're making a film called Attack of the Clones, you know there's a planet where the clones are going to be. and where the, It's Star Wars. You know there's going to be a planet where the battle takes place. Like, if I was making a Star Wars film tomorrow, I'd be like, okay, there's almost certainly going to be a planet where a battle takes place. Like, let's... And, and maybe, it'll, you know, it'll be a... It'll be a planet that has, you know, lots of, uh, like, hanging trees. Like, it's in the deep south, but they're giant. And, you know, they hang like this. And, you know, you come up with stuff well in advance. Because there's, you know, thousands of people you got to employ. So that's not... What is weird, though, is that George has basically very publicly acknowledged that the script was very far from finished. And there are many instances, apparently, where things were changed on set. Things were ad-libbed on set. That's, that's kind of weird. It's very weird. Because I think that this, this script is better than Phantom Menace. 
I, I, I think it's actually worse. I, I genuinely think it's so much better than Phantom Menace. I think because Phantom Menace, it's it has an element of randomness. This film has has story. an actual story. This film has an actual story. Yes. They're trying to tell. Yes, but well, I think Phantom Menace is like what they save Naboo. Yeah, they save uh, a say, planet. It's about them saving one planet, which could be good. Could be really fun. Um, they go into the club. Hayden Christensen has alleged. And this is IMDb trivia we're getting this from, so please don't assume that any of this is... Yeah, Hayden, if you listen to this, don't... don't... Hayden, if you listen to this, I really want you to have a comeback, man. I'm sorry that you had to do Season of the Witch with Nick Cage. Please uh, come back to us, Hayden, and do a great performance. That's not with with the prequels. Hayden, I will absolutely work with you any day of the week. You've got my number. Call me. I'd love to buy you breakfast again. Hayden Christensen has alleged that this was his favourite scene to film because it had the least use of green screen. It's a real set, of course, as you said. That it's, the, it's a real set. The screen's this, a blue screen. The screen's must have been blue. George Lucas's daughter is somewhere in this scene, apparently playing a blue Twi'lek. Really? Which is pretty interesting. There's yeah. only one blue Twi'lek. In this no, scene. it's not the Jedi. It's like there's... there's. It's probably her. Yeah, that's really? that's got to be her. I also thought that was Ahmed Best earlier, but it's not. Anyway, um... This scene... There's a purple toilet. There's a really awesome edit of this scene. Have you ever seen... Uh, um, I think it's called, like, Two Guys Walk Into a Club or something. And it's all of the scenes in movies that take place at, like, nightclubs or strip clubs or, like, dirty bars. And it's, like, it's structured around this. It's the Attack of the Clones, Anakin and Obi-Wan walk in, and then it cuts to, like, the bar from the original Star Wars. It cuts to, like, the scene in Scarface. I think it cuts to the bar from Fight Club. It just intercuts with all these different bars from movies. And the thing is that the language of shooting bar scenes is very similar between movies. Magnolia's in there. Um, It's because all it is is people looking at other people. And all it is is people looking across the room at, like, other people's eyelines. So it works really well if you edit them together. Tech Noir from The Terminator's in there. Have you seen this? No. It's really good. I'll have to show you after. If you you go on the internet, you can find it pretty easily. Um, Anyway, The Assassin. Oh no, we're, no, we're, we're skipping over you my favourite character from the film. Right. Elaine Slees Bagano, played by Matt Doran, who is one of um, Australia's finest actors from two films. Elaine Slees Bagano, played by Matt Doran. Matt Doran, of course, is also the mouse in Matrix. <laughs> Elaine Slees Bagano. I wonder if he, I wonder if he's sleazy. I wonder if he's sleazy. Do you think that uh, George Lucas doesn't like cigarettes? Oh, that's right, because he's trying to sell death sticks. Trying to sell death sticks. I just cigarettes. It's just a cigarette he's holding. George Lucas has publicly admitted he wrote the character of Elaine Slees Bagano as a anti-smoking message, which is pretty it's funny. Like, uh, do you want death sticks? Let's do the scene. Let's do the scene. Come on, come on. You're Elaine. Go. Uh, do you want death sticks? No, you got to do you the. Okay, I'll do. I'll, you be over. <laughs> you be. You be over. You want. Okay. Ah, oh, you want to buy some death sticks? I don't know the lines. Oh man. I, you don't want to sell me death six. Ah, I don't want to sell the death six. You want to go home and rethink your life. Ah, I want to go home and rethink my life. Great scene. Great scene. Great 10 second scene. The assassin, Sam Wessel, is wandering around the club. Okay, okay, so this is one of the weirdest bits because it's trying to fake us out, right? You see Anakin walking around and then you see the assassin Pull walking, gun. walking slowly with a gun, but walking slower than Anakin. Yes, and for some reason the movie's trying to it's edited in a way that's trying to you to convince you that the assassin is gonna kill uh, Anakin. Hey, it's not it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And then it cuts to Obi Wan, and it's just like 
But I, I don't get it. Why would you do that? Well, it ups the tension because all of a sudden Obi-Wan's back's turned. You think he But it's, does... it's so un... I don't think it's that bad, honestly. <laughs> I don't think it's that well done. It's. It, I don't think it's, it's great. A bad, it's a bad fake Well, the thing that sucks is that in the previous scene, you know that they can sense things in other rooms. So it should be pretty easy for them to sense... Oh, there's a gun yeah. right there. Oh, yeah. And, and even, even worse than that is that Obi-Wan takes like half a second, maybe a second to pull out his lightsaber and cut off the assassin's hand. The assassin and the assassin has, has her finger on the freaking trigger. She has him at point-blank range. She knows this is the guy that was... Actually, no, she doesn't. It's they a Jedi. They don't know that. So. Oh, no, Jedi. of course. It's the one. He jumped on the droid. Of course it is. Yeah. Anyway, they cut off the assassin's hand. They drag the assassin outside. They try to interrogate them. And by the way, these are mind-reading Jedis. They don't need to interrogate her. They can but just... But the, the use of the Force has been... No, it isn't. They sent something in the other room in the previous scene. Oh, what oh, are you talking yeah. about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The maybe, movie doesn't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe it's just Yoda and Windu that they... they yeah, Yoda, they, is, Yoda <laughs> is just useless. This is just like the strange love. They don't want to admit they're getting old. That's why they start a war. Oh, yeah. It's so good. They think that... Uh, someone movie. is blocking their minds so it's actually just them like uh, growing old and they don't want to meet that no longer can we tolerate the, the sequestering of our precious bodily fluids gentlemen you can't fight in here this is the war room mm? <laughs> yes, imagine mm? the whole the whole attack scene in Doctor Strange Love but with George <laughs> he's so good Yoda Oh, um, okay, uh... <laughs> Dr. Strange Lover, I learned to stop worrying and love the Yoda. Oh, so you make this really great point. Yes, did um, I? <laughs> that, um, a Django... Django Fett? Yeah, Django Fett. Django! Suits... Named after the character Django from Django. Django Fett suits the assassin before... In the neck with a tranquilizer dart. Yeah, before he suits... Not a tranquilizer, a poison dart. A poison dart. Before he suits, uh... Anakin or Obi-Wan. No, Why? he doesn't even try to take a shot at Anakin or everyone. Yeah, like... Okay, Jango yeah. Fett has a rocket on his backpack. There are three but targets. But can sense that. Very... Oh, come on! You can, you can hear what that! Can, what can they sense and what can't they sense? You can hear that. Come on, it's no, a rocket being fired. No, that's stupid. That's a rocket being fired. But they could have just shot everyone or... He could have easily killed them. One of them, at least. There's no reason not to kill them. Yeah. Also... Stupid. You made a good point that the whole reason this movie happens is because Django Fett uses a highly traceable poison dart from the same planet he is staying on. Yeah. Now, I don't so, know much about assassins. So the dart he uses is later identified by Dexter Yexter. The greatest character the greatest in character Star Wars. Any history of cinema. Yeah. What cinema was invented for? Yes. The Lumiere <laughs> brothers had a dream when they woke up and they thought, Oh my god, it's a creature with four arms who runs a diner! Dexter used to Let's call Edison right now! I think it that as in being made in Camino, yeah. or like it's from Camino. This dart only comes from them. So uh, why would Bunny Hunter, Assassin, or whatever, use something that is that traceable? Unless they do something like Dark Knight. Like in Dark Knight, they do have the fingerprint on the bullet. Let's not talk about that scene in Dark Knight. It doesn't exist. It's the one scene in that movie that makes no sense and it doesn't exist. Dark Knight is a perfect film. I always... Wait, like that scene, I, I have watched Dark Knight more mo more times than almost any other movie. I still... Wait, no, let's talk about this. So, the Joker shoots a bullet, or the Joker's henchman shoots a bullet into the wall. Batman drills out that brick. He takes that brick, 
He then takes a minigun and loads four rounds into it. He fires into four similar bricks. He compares that one to the round in the wall that he took for the one that's the most similar with the way the bullet entered. He then scans both bricks and then Lucius Fox creates an AI, I guess, reassembly of the way the bullet would have shattered, which somehow he's able to pull the fingerprint off the original. What the fuck? Why wouldn't you just- And, and then the fingerprint is- is Identified to an address, which is where Batman goes, which is where the Joker needs him to be, so he can distract the snipers so Joker can shoot at the mayor. What? <laughs> That's pretty stupid. That's pretty stupid. The Joker somehow needs to know that Batman has fingerprint tracing technology that is going to take him exactly until yeah, he midday. He probably knows that. He probably knows that. I think there's more problems. Yeah. I, th I think it's, it's bigger than that. It's more like... By the way, we saw Joker this week. Oh, we're going to talk about that in another... Video. No, not really. I mean... I, you liked it a lot. I want to talk about a clone... Oh, we could talk about... No, we'll get to more clone clones. stuff. We'll get to uh, another we'll, clone stuff. I want to get... I want to talk about Attack of the Clones and at the end, if you want to talk about Joker, we can talk Well, you like Joker and I didn't love it as much as I thought I would. Yeah. But but I, I went in with pretty, like, average expectations and I think it... I think it's a really well-made movie. I just don't really know what it was trying to say by the end. And I, not I every don't movie really think I want to talk about it right okay, now. Okay, that's fine. Uh, we'll we move on. We shouldn't talk about it right now. We'll move on. So, Obi-Wan visits... Dexter Jetster, and for some reason the Jedi decide that Anakin, the man who has expressed nothing but pure horniness for Senator Amidala, will be the man to escort her to her home planet. Well, the, the Jedi Masters can't see his sport now, that's why. I also want to tell you, Padme's planet is like the most beautiful place on Earth. Like, it's like the most romantic the city universe. you could ever imagine. It's so romantic that when there was a war there, it still looked good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like your point, man. They go canoeing on like a beautiful river. Like they get taken in a gondola. Like they have beautiful lush fruit dinners. What did they think was gonna happen? I, th I think they wanted it to happen. No, it might have been like a test. You're giving them what they mm. test in Anakin. Yeah, well, he failed completely, and yeah, it never comes right. up. But they never comes back. So no, never mind. It's just stupid. He kisses her after like four hours on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I really wanted to talk about how Anakin and Palpatine is what everyone everyone says that the prequels are the not best the best part. They're not the best, but the best part of it is Palpatine's race to power, right? Yes. And his in race Phantom, to power... In Phantom Menace... His race to power was... It's because of Anakin, right? In Phantom no, Menace... No, it's not. No, it's not. In Phantom Menace... In Phantom Menace, uh, his rise to power in that movie... Like, everything that is about him is him becoming the Chancellor. Yes. Becomes the Chancellor of the which Republic. Which is all the Senate stuff, which is really... One of the things that most people criticise that film for, it was Jar Jar, and then it was the politics. Yeah, the politics. But the problem is that you can make... Pol As we were talking about when we were watching the film, you can make politics dramatic and exciting, and many movies have. Many yes. movies have. Yes. Some of the greatest movies ever made are about politics and about, like, the machinations of politics. Yes. Um... This film, and, and Phantom... The problem is that Phantom starts out as a balls-to-the-wall action film. Then it becomes a politics film. Then it becomes a war film at the end. You need but to it's, have it's, a way to intersperse it. It's a politics film when there is no politics, there really. They, they say, oh, I'm going to try and be the Chancellor. I'm going to see if they vote for me. Oh, they voted for me. I'm going to Chancellor They now. vote for him off-screen. Off-screen. Like, it, it, there isn't a... Uh, 
action scene. There yeah. isn't like a scene where they are like everyone's boating and you see like the points or something like that and and like Palpatine is like biting his fingers like yeah. And then when he sees that he's certain rice, he's like yes. Mm. And like there's anything like anything like that. Nothing, he just walks in. He's like oh I'm the chancellor now. No he's not even chancellor. He's like I have been nominated, and I will become chancellor. Yeah. Yeah, and then by the end, he is the Chancellor. And my point in Attack of the Clones is that... I think George first... knows the politics is boring. He's just trying to get past it quickly. And because of that, like, it, it isn't interesting. So that my point in Attack of the Clones is that if Anakin and Puppetin's relationship is one of the most important things about the prequels... Why is the way that they're introduced? They, they're introduced just talking to each other yeah. in this film. They, they don't have, like, a first meeting that uh, Puppetin doesn't try to talk to him... It isn't like Papa Papa doesn't summon him. Like it's it's not like Obi Wan and Anakin are like talking and it's like oh Papa Tim wants to see a Jedi and Anakin uh, walks and, in and and, 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 and then no no like be like okay we want is like oh I'll go and meet meet him and then yeah. the guy says no wait he asked for Anakin mm. like something like that something good that, yeah. that, that would have been interesting but no they just that they just talking to each other yeah it's like oh what yeah it should be like it's that. Like, yeah, it should be like that that scene in Godfather Two, where um, or Godfather One, when you know Al Pacino goes to Vegas and they're like trying to trying to woo him. Hmm. I want Palpatine to be uh, Mo Green. Anakin was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. <laughs> anyway, what happens with that? What, what, what happens, happens is that Palpatine says, "I foresee you becoming the most powerful of all the Jedi, even more powerful than Master Yoda." And that's how the scene ends. That is the introduction of the main arc of all of these films which is Anakin betraying Obi-Wan and the Jedi and joining forces with Palpatine yeah. it isn't set up at all in movie one Palpatine meets Anakin at the very end and says we'll watch your career with well, great in, in, in Phantom Menace they say that boy is dangerous for no reason right for no reason yeah and then in this film they're like yeah he's dangerous but yeah he can he can chat with Palpatine he can go off to Naboo with Padme he's yeah, fine we'll, we'll, we'll send this butter one which is the same age as five, well, five years younger or whatever who has expressed openly that he has a deep love for her yes let's send him to protect her on this beautiful and planet on this beautiful planet that is really romantic oh my god you can eat pears together and frolic if, they, they, had, they dine alone. You, you had a. They dine alone. That would have been interesting if there were if there was like always someone there. Yeah. Looking after Batman, oh, like so making good. sure they're doing anything. If and, it was like Rebecca like, and she had like a creepy housekeeper that was always checking. Yeah, and them. like Anakin is like trying to like make her go away. He makes a sound somewhere else. Oh, you better go and check on that. We're alone now. <laughs> I don't know. You're like you that just want funny. You just want to be like a wacky comedy. Well, <laughs> that would have been funny. It would have like, been something. It would have been interesting that Anakin is actively trying to get on Padme's pants. <laughs> would have been pretty funny. These guys are just two D, by the way. See that? Damn. <laughs> anyway, in, in, the, in um, the temple. Anyway, we've got to keep Damn. going. So, um, oh god, this whole movie. Ah, uh, just... the worst looking shots. Now, oh, well, Jar Jar. Do we, we want to talk about that scene? Which scene? The one you have on screen right now. Uh, with Papa, uh, with Pat Man. Well, yeah, the whole reason that all evil happens in the Star Wars universe is because Jar Jar Binks is appointed her successor. Oh, that's right, and yeah. it just happens in the background of a shot, like Jar Jar. I'm counting on you. Okay, Pat May, I promise I won't give anyone supreme power over the universe. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. It's that scene. That's it's the that most scene. important scene. In the Pat May whole... single-handedly causes the end of the Republic. <laughs> The, the end of all the, the end of, and like, yeah everything she Jesus. causes her own death 
Well, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, all the Star Wars universe depends on Padme Amidala giving Jar Jar Binks power to vote so in the, the Senate. The dumbest... It couldn't have been the security guy, right? No, of course not. He's it, just... it couldn't have been fucking... I no, it couldn't have been someone with intelligence, otherwise it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Jesus. I would have given to, to the decoy, decoy first. Oh, and, you know, the thing that you said that is such a beautiful fix for this movie is that they should go to Naboo... And somebody should try to kill them there. Like, yeah, like, uh, while they're in Naboo, this should have been an assassination attempt. And Anakin goes out of his way to actually save uh, Padme, mm. but actually do go in further, like, try and capture the person or something. Yeah, like, I, Anakin should be the one fighting Jango Fett. And then, like, uh, Anakin, like, you know, going so out of his way to do something for her would start, you know, drama and stuff. Now, talking about convoluted pro- plots... Why does Dooku try to have Padme killed? Or vice No, Gun it's Ray? not Grande. But why 10 years later? It's not Newt Gun, New Gunray. Not no, Solomon, Grande. Solomon Grande. No, it's not Grande. Like Newt, Newt Gunray. Yeah. Uh, because he wants her killed. Yeah, but it's 10 years later. This is the first time he could have had her killed? Yeah. He invaded her planet, like, easily. But no, he's been in prison for 10 years. He's what? He's been in prison. He's been in prison? Years. Uh, I don't know. He's been in space for... He has all his army back. Wait, 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 wait. What? Why isn't Nick Grande being, like, still in, in prison? Why, why does he, he still have an army? Why, why is he free? Why does he still have he an army? He illegally occupied a, a bloody... Can you, can you imagine if Hitler invaded Poland and then, like, the Allies defeated him easily before he got any further and then ten years later he invaded Poland again? <laughs> like, what? That's pretty funny. Don't do that again! I never thought about that. Yeah, like... It's pretty stupid. <laughs> like anyway, ten years later, ten years later, he goes to prison. Then years later, they just let him go. And they're like, "Oh, you yeah, have your arm. Don't back. be evil again." Okay. Now, Newt. Don't be now, evil. Newt. <laughs> you know how you invaded an entire planet last time, and we lost one of our Jedi to t- retake it. Master, Ma- Jedi master. We lost a Jedi master. Don't do that again. Don't do that again. Then he literally just goes straight to Geonosis. He's like, "Oh, Dooku, I want to uh, kill. I want to kill him. Wait, we're not, we're not making him sound Asian enough." I want to kill Padme Amidala. It's the worst voice. Voiced by like a white... It's voiced by the same guy who is um, the one with the tall head. The Jedi with like the big the big pee-pee head. Oh, King, I'm looking King at... Andimundo. Yeah, King Andimundi. Yeah, Mundi. I'm just... I'm going to Google Jedi penis heads. <laughs> ah, no, oh, I, no. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was him for a second. Yay! <laughs> Google, it it, Google images Jedi penis head with safe search on and you will get Kiati Monday. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, then we get the most important scene in the whole movie. <laughs> in any movie? Yeah. Did they say yes You can't even say it. Come on. <laughs> the Dexter Jexter Cafe. The, like, no, excuse me. The Dexter Jetster Diner. Oh, <laughs> the diner. Just, doesn't that just roll off the tongue? What movies were made for? <laughs> and uh, Obi-Wan is greeted by Flo, the waitress. How do you know that name? Like Flo. It's Flo. It's just Flo, you know. They never, said they, they never said her name in the film. I have never memorised so much about a movie I hate as this movie. <laughs> to be clear, we're having a lot of fun talking about this movie. I think this is the worst Star Wars movie. Oh, oh my God. This is by far the worst Star Wars movie. Byron was actively trying to not watch the film by looking things in his computer. I had, yeah, to, I, was I had to stop him. I had to be like, you don't want to Every watch once in a while, I'd be like happy. And you were like, what is it? I'm like, oh, I read something on IMDb trivia. Like, Byron, we need to 
what's this film? You're like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, Trump's being impeached. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you just kept looking over and you're like, Byron, why are you happy? I'm like, oh, South Park's making fun of China again. <laughs> like, all the other stuff in the world is making me so much happier because I'm watching this movie and it's just terrible. It's two more movies. Oh, no, wait. I know. Four more movies and we'll get to a good one. Oh, God, I forgot. We've got to do... Solo, Rogue One. No, three more. Three more movies. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't. You me. like Rogue One. Are we combining Rogue One and Solo? Did we decide that we're doing that nah, for the episode? Nah, we're doing... I think we're so- doing one and one? Solo might be a sort of episode. I, don't think I think we should do one and one. We should do, like... Yeah, one and one. Yeah, we yeah. Solo and then we do Rogue One. Yeah, but then we're going to have to put out Solo midweek. No. It's ten, ten weeks. It's ten movies. Oh, by the way, Return of the Rise of Skywalker trailer is going to drop on October 21st, which will be 22nd for us. So yeah. we'll be able to talk about it uh, when I get back. Yeah? Yeah. So we're watching the trailer together? Yeah, well, we... Oh. What day is the 21st? This is a great thing to look up in the middle of a podcast. Oh, uh, it's, no, I'm back. Monday, I'm back, I'm back so on you're... Monday. I'll come over on um, Monday and we'll do a, we'll do a reaction. And we we'll can't because it. 21st. You can't do it on 21st. Yeah, I can. It's not coming out on 21st for us. No, it will come out on the 22nd. So you and I can like record the night of the 21st, probably. Because that's the American... Oh, no, you're right. It will be the night of the... Oh, God. I'll look up the American time. It, We're going to wake up on the 22nd and it's going to be out. I'll call you and we'll record the call. Let's just record, do that for one. And we'll just put it up as like a little five-minute thing. Call. Let's just do that. Oh, yeah. a bit weird. Well, I mean, the whole point of this series, I don't know if we even said this last episode, is that we're building up to the rise of Skywalker. You know, you, you Actually, said, you I'm said. pretty sure it's in the title of the series. And you said it. Yeah, I did say it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's all that's important. And uh, let's keep talking about other things instead of talking about Attack of the Clones. Oh, no, I love talking about Dexter Dexter's diner. Uh, so one of the I things... Just, I, this is the first time I've ever, ever realized that he has a mustache. Are you serious? Yeah. It's the only thing I remember about him. I've never noticed it. He's I the was, one alien that has I, I, like I keep looking human at his, facial uh, his, hair. Uh, his fucking... His, his George Lucas gullet. Yeah. I keep looking at his gullet. So I told you the hilarious story about how George Lucas came into the, the model shop and was looking at the different puppet heads, right? Mm. And then um, he's looking at these two guys. One's got like a real penis neck and the other one's like a hammerhead looking dude. And they're both really generic and they've got no like personality on their face. And John Knoll, always the hero, comes over and says, George, I actually think this guy here... John Knoll, the visual John effects... John Knoll, the visual effects supervisor of this film and all great films outside of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, if you look it up, it's like... Visual every- effects supervisor of Aquaman... Visual effects supervisor. Why Pacific would you Rim. say? Because the VFX it. are great. No, no, they're not. They, I think they're pretty great. No, they're not. They're pretty fun. You'll admit that. Aquaman yeah, but they're is, not good. I think they're pretty good. They're not good. They're meant to be like weird and fantastical, and they are. Aquaman. But they just look bad. Gabe. They look Aquaman bad. is the one movie that can get away with having campy, weird visual effects. No, I think Star Wars is. It's meant to be that. No, because yes. you hate it when Star Wars goes campy. But that's not campy. This is pretty campy. No, Dexter's Fund- Diner is not like prequels are not campy. The, are the you original serious? is campy. The original is evil. The, the original is the devil monster. But that's the fun. That's man. fun camp. Yeah, that's camp. All right. That's that's the, my definition of. Camp. I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Greedo's family. This is just trying too hard. This is just trying too hard. Yeah, Byron. Every time he's, you see a Greedo. What what is his species? I want to <sighs> know. It's not important. Yeah, no, it's important to me. A Rodian. They're called Rodians. You can play as them in one of the Star Wars games. Don't know which one. And the only the only race important is the Twilight. Come on. No, I love the um. I don't know. 
I love the... Oh, and Sebulba's in the background, because every one of those aliens is a Sebulba. Yeah, what's Sebulba's species? Let me do that <laughs> don't well. No, don't do that. All right, talk about Dexter's Diner. Why is it what is Dexter's, Dexter's uh, species? Dexter's Jetster's diner. So Obi-Wan goes to Dexter, puts the dart down. Within two seconds, Dex is like, Oh yeah, this is from Camino! It's from Camino! It's from this very specific planet! And all they do on this planet is clone people. Why do they develop poison darts? Wait, yeah, my question is, they, if that's a clone facility. I guess there's another facilities in the planet? No, it's a planet cloners. Yeah, they do say planet cloners. He arrives at the lobby so, of the planet. So why... He arrives at the one building on the planet. There's another building in the background. In the show. Yeah, but that's the reception. He lands at the it watery, rainy reception. But like, why would he use a dart that's racing back there? Yeah, like, he's a terrible bounty stupid. hunter. Yes. That would be like if you were an assassin. And this is what I was trying... <laughs> what? <laughs> what did I Google? Dexter Dexter. Google Dexter Dexter. Dexter species and you get all these... What? Dexter. <laughs> no, it tries to autocorrect to what species was Obi-Wan's friend? <laughs> Dexter Jetster. Oh, that's great. That's so good. You laughed so loud into the mic. The sound completely blew out. Oh, he's a basilisk. Basilisk? A basilisk. Not a basilisk from Harry Potter the year before. A basilisk. What? Why? George Lucas is George lazy why? sometimes. You know what Sebulba is? A dog. He's a Doug. Remember, so he's when, a dog? Remember, when, remember when Trump was like insulting everyone by saying, Jim Mattis is going to get wasted like a Doug. Going to treat him like a Doug. Oh, man. I, mean, I, don't, I, know, I, I don't know who Donald Trump is. Let's go back to Dexter. Oh, yeah, that's Dexter. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go back to Dexter. 45th president. It's, uh, we'll insert the name of whoever the 45th president is right now. Now that, you know, impeachment proceedings have happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, uh, what do you think about new policy on uh, ending hunger around the world. It's pretty good, right? I don't know, but I think the Hong Kong shit is really fucked up. Yeah, isn't it good how the president has now uh, intervened in China and, like, given them support? Isn't it really good how has now intervened in Syria and, like, ended the conflict and world peace is on the horizon? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because uh-huh. this podcast is coming out I think we a need few to, weeks from now. And, so, I think, I think world I, peace I think, will be resolved. I think we need to start talking about Star Wars. That's way yeah, more how far important. are we in? We're 30 minutes in. We're doing fine. We're doing fine. <laughs> We're doing fine. Okay. Uh, Dexter Jetster tells him to go Camino. Before that, he meets Jocasta New, the librarian. Jocasta New, Gabe. What can you tell me about Jocasta New? Is this a woman? I think. Excuse me. Jocasta New is a very sophisticated character. Obi-Wan goes to her and says, Oh yeah, so there should be a planet right over here. And she says... It's not our archive, so it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> she's just screaming into everyone's For some face. reason, she's voiced by Nick Nolte. <laughs> um, and it's just... Obi-Wan! <laughs> if a planet is not in our archive, it doesn't exist. Yeah. How fool Fuck is off, Master Jedi! How fool is it, her? Yeah, he should be like, Mate, like, it, it, there's been a breach. Like, obviously, the planet should be there. Why does the gesture... But Obi-Wan doesn't say that. Obi-Wan... But- why does Jester Jester know what Camino is? Dexter Jester is a clone. <laughs> he had his arms cloned twice. That's the only thing that makes sense. Um, Obi-Wan goes to Master Yoda, the wisest of all the Jedi, who is training young children. <laughs> and Yoda literally laughs in his face. You and I have been to a university, right? Yes. Did the head of our university t- teach us in our first year? 
No. Surely Yoda should be like the final teacher. Like, remember, we watched 36 Chambers of Shaolin recently, which is going to come up many times. I, no, you forgot, you forgot to say that I saw you the 36 Chambers. I'm I've never sorry. seen it. And I love that film. Yeah. And okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. All right, let's, let's try that again. Gabriel recently showed me a new That's film. That's right. In payment for the thousands of new films I have shown Gabriel. Uh, I've shown you His a few. New film, I've shown you a few, okay? You've shown me... Oh, he showed me Creepshow. I've seen you a few Creepshow more. remake, potentially. Oh, no, it's the TV show. We were the talking about TV that. show, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look good. No, it looks like shit. I know, but like... It's a shame. It looks like... It looks shit. like Creepshow. <laughs> with oh, with I, proper effects. That's I, actually, I actually was going to buy you the other day for your birthday. Um, Gabe's birthday is on October 16th, everybody. Nope. 18th. Yep. Got it. <laughs> he is also a Libra. Well, like, I mean, I mean we're like, recording. We're recording this 10 minutes before we upload. Never mind. Oh yeah, your birthday will have happened by the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Gabe is also a Libra, much like Will Smith, star of Gemini Man, a film about cloning. What do you think of Gemini Man? Let's just talk about this now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think that we, we were going to do an episode on it, and we were really excited to talk about it, and then we saw it, and we were so not interested in making yeah. an episode. That I arrived here today fully expecting to do a Gemini Man podcast, and both of us were like... Nah. But there is nothing to talk about. Well, there's a bit to talk about. 60 no. frames. So, no. The, the one thing we've got to talk about. Okay. Well, I'm not going to... Uh, I was going to do the math. Okay, you, have you done it? No, because we decided not to do it. I did the math yesterday when I was talking to somebody. Did you actually do yeah, the yeah, math? Yeah, I did the math. All right, ready. So, Gemini Man is a film that was shot at 4K, 120 FPS, 3D. A format that only 14 cinemas in the US can play it at. No, Gabriel and I saw it. At 60 frames, 2K. And I found this out because Village Cinema, uh, Event Cinema's George Street doesn't publishly acknowledge their specs. So I emailed the chief technician at Event Cinema's. And this is the response I got. Let me pull this up. This was... I'm so proud. I showed this to my boss and he was like, you're fired. He was like, I can't have somebody this nerdy working at my business. Well, what, what a great uh, filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, you gotta care, mate. Ang Lee cares about this stuff. I want to yeah. care about it as yeah, much as right. Ang Lee cares about Ang it. Ang Lee cares about All right. it. So I, this is my email, word for word. Hi, team at George Street Cinema. I'm seeing Gemini Man tonight. I was just reading how Ang Lee shot the film at 4K, 120 FPS, and very few cinemas in the US can even project at those specs. I know you are doing high frame rate for the screening I'm seeing tonight. I just wondered if you are one of the few cinemas in the world that is showing it at these specs, because that would be really neat. Best wishes, Byron. And then a few hours later, I get this reply. Hi, Byron. Thanks for your interest. I've checked with the projection team and confirmed that we are showing it at 2K, 60fps. Hope you enjoy the film. Please don't ever email us again. Regards, so, management. So, um, George Street Event Cinemas, which is a very big cinema in Australia, one actually, of the actually message... Uh, yeah, they replied. Yeah. They, they replied it to takes, his question about by the way, six, 120 frames 4K. It, it, it takes ages to find their email on their website. They really make it hard for you to find. Yeah. Um, so it is, and then they answer. It's so weird. Yeah, well, I expected they'd answer. I just didn't think it would be right away. Um, so I did the math yesterday when I was talking to Cam Elkins. Um, I was talking to him just about the film because I was keen to see it. So um, we saw it at three, 3D, 60 frames, 2K. Yeah. Now, a standard film is shot at 24 frames. Yeah. And it is in 2D. So, we have two times the Will Smith. Uh, we have t 
almost more than double 24 frames at 60. So we have twice as much frames, twice as much Will Smith. Then we're whoa, seeing it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that's not the right math. I know, but it's close. It's not three times, like we said. It's not. <laughs> Let's say it's two times. It makes it easier if we just say two times for now. See, that's not funny. Oh, okay. It's no. It is funny. There's no, two not. times. There's double the Will Smith already. So you're getting double, double the value by shooting, seeing it at sixty frames. <laughs> like your 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 money's already been earned from the moment you're halfway through the film. Then it's in 3D. So you have two images. It's stereoscopic. So that's another two wills. Then you're at double resolution of what you normally would have. So you're at eight wills. And then if you saw it 120 PS at 4K, you would have 12 times the Will Smith you have in any other movie. Now, Gabe, given that we saw 12 times the Will Smith that you would see at any other movie, what'd you think of it? Oh... Was it worth? No. 12 times Will? No, and you forgot. Oh, there's two Wills! There's two Wills. There's 24 Wills! And then... Oh my god, it all comes At the end back. of the film, spoilers, there's another Will. What? Are so you saying there are 36 Wills? Wills? Oh my no, god! No, 48 Wills. What? <laughs> 48 <laughs> times the Will Smith <laughs> that we could have gotten. And... Oh my god. And we saw it in half the resolution and half the frame rates. Yeah. So it should have been 100. We should have had half a discount, is what you're saying. We've, we should have had so many wheels. I can't even calculate it in my mind. They should have charged us not $33, plus $1 for 3D glasses. Did you keep yours? By accident. I kept mine very deliberately because I'm never paying a dollar for 3D glasses. I'm not going to see a 3D movie again. Oh, what are you talking about? Avatar 2 is due oh, in 2028. God. It's just announced a week ago. Avatar is in... Yeah, that's right. I'm seeing 93. Oh, man. I can't wait. Anyways. Do you think Cameron's going to do glasses 3D? Do you think he's going to pull it off? Nope. He might. Nope. Just might. Um, can we go back into the movie? We no, I don't want to talk about... Clark. We have to... Right. No, I was going to make a joke. Okay, cool. What's, your, no, what, no. what's the movie we have to talk about? Gemini Man? No. <laughs> it was in a, just a random film. My so. favourite film I saw this week is Hustlers. I just want to put it out. I don't... Hustlers is good, guys. Go see it. Yes. If you if it's all still in theaters and you haven't seen it and you're thinking about it, go see it. Jennifer Lopez, she rules. Constance Wu, she's good. Kiki Palmer, she's you, good. You, you, you suck a side without me, so. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it, it would have been very weird if we were the only two men in the theater. I already felt weird, and I was with my partner, so. So we have to talk about the greatest character in this film. Dexter Jetsa. The second greatest character. Oh, Liam. <laughs> so um Jordan is like oh can you please uh turn, uh, turn off the sides something like that Liam Liam the blind oh and the blind well Liam Liam what a great name and it's just Liam his name hey, to is be fair, Liam. it's not far from Luke like Luke's pretty but Luke is not very common it's pretty common is it I think it's fairly common. But Luke has a K on it. I know it. at least three Lukes. Luke has a K on it, which makes it like sci-fi. What? <laughs> Are you saying it should have been Luce? His name should have been Luce? Luce Skywalker? That's really racist. You know that, don't you? <laughs> Why? Because I'm Spanish. Luce? Yeah. What's wrong with Luce? It's a name. No, it's not. Isn't it? No. I thought Luce was a name. No. L-U-C-E. There's a business called Luce, I'm pretty sure. It's just not a name. Oh, oh, come on. It's a name. Everything's a name. No. Luce. The English Luce name is taken from Norman language. So it's not racist because it's my people. 
But no! I thought you meant... Like that. Oh! I thought that was... I thought that what was, does that mean? It's C... L-U-C... Comes from South H-E. Africa! It's not your people either! Oh, come on. God, you, man. My, pe- my people... Stop appropriating South African culture! My people went to them. Come on. Luce is the name of a rapper from Naples, Italy. That's a matter. Let's get back into Attack of the Clones. No. Yes. <laughs> all right. No, so let's skip all this. It doesn't matter. A little kid says, oh yeah, go to the planet. It's probably there. But no, no, no. Somebody I want to make a point about it. All right, all right, all right. Why do you want to do a podcast about talking films? You don't want to talk about the film. I want to talk about the good ones. Okay, we have to get to it, okay? I was just going to put a robot in This really upsets me. Yeah. Okay, so the kid says something really smart. Yeah. Something, okay, something so smart that Obi-Wan didn't think of it. Obi-Wan and Yoda It's not that didn't smart. think of it. No, no, Jordan didn't think of it. He he was waiting for the kids to say it. Oh, that's that's a, my. That's, that's what a, I think. That's a good read. Yeah. Right, and the kid says because someone deleted it from the whatever from the right? archive from the archives. At which right? point? But the kid has like the delivery that like he's written it out of something which which he is. But hell, if you're a, if you're a kid and you're in a class and you say something smart, you're excited about it because you thought about it before everyone else. You're like because. Because someone deleted it from the I office, got it. maybe? And, and then Jordan will be like, oh, well Yoda. done. I, 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 five, points to five, points five points for <laughs> Grimmendor. Right? There's something like that. And, put him in, and yeah. the kid is like super happy or something. But no, instead he's like, because someone deleted it from the archives. And it's like, oh my God. Oh, why did I think of that? It's like, oh my God. At which point, you know what you do? You know what you do if you're Obi-Wan? You go back to the library and you arrest Jocasta Nu. No, you Yes, she clearly is the person who is in charge of the archives. She's clearly responsible for the breach. A hundred percent. Like, who else erased it? It's never said in the movie that Dooku did it. It's never said who does that. No, it's never said who does. It's never said who pays for the clone army. Uh, no, no, they said no. Tyrannus. No, because he didn't. Well, it must have been Palpatine then. Come on. No, it was um, Darth Plagueis. You find out in Wikipedia. No. Yeah, hundred percent. It's Darth no. Plagueis who paid for it. Yeah, according to Wikipedia. Believe I'm right. I, what? I, I read that a long but time ago. But Darth Plagueis dies long before any of this happens. Palpatine was still young. I yeah, thought. yeah, yeah. He was young, which is like, you know, fifty years ago. The army's taken an, a while to get built. There's like millions of them. Anyway, they uh, Anakin and uh, Amidala arrive on Naboo. So Bibble's back. You guys all wanted him. He's back. My favorite character from Phantom Menace. Oh, he's back in Rise of Skywalker. He's still so aggressive. In oh my god! Imagine if they all appear as for. We've got to do our predictions um, on Last Jedi, of course. But um, imagine if they all appeared as Force Ghosts, like every single one of them, J- Jimmy Smiths, all of them, and then Sio Bibble comes out and punches Palpatine in the face. That would be great. That would be so good. No, it wouldn't. So there's a new queen of uh, Naboo who is played by. Um, who cares? What's her name? No, no, no. I, I want to an, an interesting character. Like who Bolli- cares? She's like a Bollywood actress, I believe. Mm. Maybe not. Anyway, um, Anakin and Amidala do not like each other at this point in the movie. No, like, like uh, Padme says something about. Um, He's no, just Anakin saying. says something offensive. Oh, not offensive, but he says something like. What does he say? No, Amidala is... They're, they're walking together, and then Amidala says, Oh, Anakin's not a Jedi. He's just a Padawan. And he's yes, like, so he insults Excuse her. me, my lady. Even though it's the truth. Yeah, but then the he's, like, offended by it, and then they fight 
in front of the queen. The queen doesn't say anything. The queen look gives him some mad the, side eye. The queen eye. is like, mm-hmm. yeah. The queen is like, mm, also, excuse me. Also, what, the, what the fuck is the point of having a queen that has terms? That's not a queen. Yeah, like <laughs> that's not a queen. Well, it's pretty funny because as we'll get to with their next scene, uh, can we just skip the whole Camino in bit? No, they get to Camino. They talk to the clonest. One of them played by Rena Owen, as I pointed out to you, which did not impress you. Nope. Rena Owen, amazing actress. Completely mm-hmm, wasted mm-hmm, playing mm-hmm, a tall mm-hmm. alien lady. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep. One of the uh, few actresses seen, nope. who has worked with both Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Yeah. I believe she's the only actress. She's one of five actors who's worked with both of them, but I think she's the only actress. Isn't that nuts? Natalie Portman must have done a Spielberg film at no. some point. She's definitely done something he's produced. Isn't Closer oh. a DreamWorks production? Something he's produced. That's not the same thing. Yeah, that's true. I that's think you were talking about directing. I was. Yeah. How has Ewan not done a Spielberg film? Hey, Daniel... Oh, no. J.J. Uh, Abrams directed Force Awakens. I almost forgot. Yeah. I was going to say Daniel Craig has been directed by both Spielberg and Lucas. Nah. Can you imagine Daniel Craig on a Lucas set? Go fuck yourself, George. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I watched that video of him. He would like, direct the whole film. I watched... Yeah, he would. Oh, man. I, I love Daniel Craig so much. I can't wait for Knives Out. Um... I know you can. Can't wait either. I can definitely wait for it. I can it looks wait good. my whole life. You love murder but mysteries like that. I know you don't like Ryan Johnson. I think Ryan Johnson. But it looks great. really like it's trying to be witty and like funny looks, and yeah, like well, it and looks trying like to be like really like. It quirky. is funny. That line, it's not funny. CSI KFC. That's hilarious. And what about the fact that the trailer says "fuck you" eat to shit. the people that didn't eat like shit? Yeah, it says eat shit. It says eat shit. shit to the people that didn't like the last Jedi. Are you serious? That's, that's literally. Oh what my that god! Saying. What the? You're making that up. That's not what it's saying at all. It's Chris Evans just being funny and being like, I hate but it's my not family. funny. It is funny. It's funny. To He's say... telling Jamie Lee Curtis to eat shit. It's funny. Why is that funny? Because they're they're all like, you're an asshole. He's like, yeah, you know what? Eat shit. Eat shit, eat shit, eat shit. It's great. That's good. I like it. I think it's going to be really fun. I'm really excited. Mate, as I said to you... Yeah, there's knives everywhere. Mate, as I said to you, I don't care what he's making, as long as it's not another Star Wars film. Like, I love Ryan Johnson as a director. I think he's a really good director. I don't think so. I think, as a writer, he has been tasked with some really ambitious, large projects that haven't entirely worked. Yeah, can we talk about like Attack of the Clones? Okay, the comedians. We're not even halfway through. So everybody says that they love you. In fact, said that you love the Obi Wan stuff because it's like a detective movie, right? You well, said that. I you my said mind. yeah, I right. Obi Wan, if this was a detective he's movie, he's a fucking dumbass. He is so dumb. He arrives at the Kaminoans' planet and he's like, "Oh, uh, there's an army. There's an army." And they're like, oh yeah, it was paid for by this guy. And then he's like, oh, that guy's dead. And they're like, oh, sorry to hear that. Anyway, would you like to see the album? He's like, no, wait a second. Let me see the receipts. Let me see what dates they were. Let me see who paid for this. I want to know who paid for this. Why have you made a million of these things for the last 10 years? And you've never once checked to see if we're happy? And... And then they say that there is a bunny hunter in there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they're they're, just cloned, they're cloned by a bunny hunter. It's like, but that, there is a corporate fucking Obi-Wan. Just go and get him. Yeah, so Obi-Wan goes to Jango Fett's room and they have a conversation. We'll get back to that scene. Oh, and God. they stare immediately. Obi-Wan is standing next to Jango. First of all, we meet Boba Fett, young Boba Fett, because apparently that was important. Very important. Boba Fett, the whole time, was a clone. Yeah, it doesn't really help his character, does it? Also, why are they using Jango Fett? It's never said in the film. Nope. 
It's never said at all. Don't ask me. We see him kill one Jedi in the film. A really bad Jedi. Yeah, he gets killed by like a um, a dinosaur Jedi. He kills a dinosaur. I'm not Jedi. saying an old Jedi. I'm saying a Jedi that looks like a dinosaur. Yes. He looks like a Pachycephalus or whatever those ones are with the weird. Yeah, and he just dies. He's, he sucked. Yeah, he sucks. How did he become a Jedi? He sucked. Was he a Padawan? Well, probably because he wasn't allowed to love. Oh. They're all suppressed emotionally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's yeah. the problem. That's what George is arguing. A director who is famous for the lack of emotion in his later films is arguing that having no emotion is bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Pretty interesting. Anyway, Obi-Wan is talking to Jango Fett. He's literally looking at the armor. The armor is wide open in the cupboard. When Jango Fett walks away... Everyone's still looking at it. He knows it's there. He knows this is the guy. Why doesn't he just say, you're under arrest? No, no, even better. In The Phantom Menace, we see that Qui-Gon Jinn can knock people out just by touching them. Oh, yeah, that's right. Obi-Wan even comments, you overdid it. Obi-Wan knows this technique. Obi-Wan should immediately just be like, oop, Vulcan mind pinch, pass him out. Oops, oops, oops. Kidnap you, right then and there. Yep. For some reason, he goes and talks to the other Jedi. He didn't want to traumatize the kid, that's why. We'll just knock the kid out. First. But then, then you give Jungle... The kid's a clone! Kid. He's not even like... I, I, I don't want to say come clones on. aren't real people, but like... Come on. Oh, come on! It's not like George is afraid of child murder. We're going to see it in the next oh, movie. I was, I, I was setting up a joke about it. Child murder? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, sorry. I didn't say that last bit. Oh, come on. Come on. Yeah, Gabe, what are you trying to say? Well, I, all I'm trying to say is that George Lucas wouldn't want to hurt a child, right? No, of course not. Of course not. Not in a million years. Unless unless this film is received really poorly. I don't know. Yeah, and George is like, hate old children now. The first one. Not even kids like this film. (laughs) I'm gonna murder all of them. Do you think Order 66 is just him wishing he could murder the entire audience? (laughs) Oh mate. I love I love George Lucas. Um, let's talk about Naboo. Oh they they got we go back to Naboo. The only scene you talk about this that has about no green blue, screen, no green screen, blue screen. Green it has screen. no visual blue effects. Screen. No visual effects except for an island in the background. So there's an island in the background that's CG for some reason. Anakin and Padme at this point have had maybe four scenes together. Yeah, and it's always been like flirting. And Anakin tries to kiss her here, and it's very rapey, and she looks very uncomfortable. Well, well, before he tries to kiss her, he's touching her the whole time. He is rubbing his in hands back, across her exposed back. Her hand. She like, doesn't now. Now to be fair. To be fair to Anakin, she doesn't say no, but it's pretty obvious from anybody who understands human body language, she's not really into it. She's just like smiling, like afraid of him. I wouldn't interpret her as being like, this is the right moment to kiss. Nah. They haven't been having a romantic discussion. No, maybe maybe Anakin is autistic or something. <laughs> oh my God, you can't say Oh my god, okay. Moving on. You can cut that out. Oh no, I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving that in. This is... Oh my god. Um, so I, used to, I just saw the last episode of South Park and and it was on my mind. Now, we come to my... We don't talk about that. We can just keep going. Yeah, no, I want to talk about it. So there's a scene with Anakin and Padme sitting in long grass talking about politics. And Anakin's like, oh yeah, I think oh, one yeah. person should control the entire universe. And she's like, that's fucking weird. That's really weird. I don't believe in that system. There should always be a democracy. There's no way that that would ever work. She was she a queen. Was a queen. <laughs> she, she had terms. She had terms. Yeah. She had but to give she up was her a power. queen. She was a queen. She was the sole ruler. That's exactly what she was. It's very weird. Were you saying that this movie still makes sense? Impossible. 
But what's even weirder is that as the queen, she was able to also act as a senator in Phantom Menace. She went to represent her her um, planet in the Republic. Maybe they, they rethought all their politics. Well, no, because... No, 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 because, of course, Palpatine is the senator for Naboo. Palpatine becomes the chancellor, so she then becomes the senator. But no, uh, the queen leaves... Oh, no, yeah, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Um, now, there is one moment in this conversation that I think Hayden Christensen actually delivers a line well. Oh, yeah, it's really funny. It's actually really good, and I think it was one of the moments they came up with together where he says, I don't uh, where Padme's like, you really don't like politicians, do you, Anakin? And he's like, I like two or three of them, but one of them I'm not so sure about. And for a brief second, you get <laughs> to see funny. him being funny, and you get to see him being, like, happy, and you get to see him being, like... A scoundrel. It's pretty funny. It's quite similar to a Harrison Ford as Han Solo comment. Yeah, I was like, pretty funny. It was good, right? Like, I yeah. had to go back and show it to you, and then you're yeah. like, oh yeah, it's, it's good. Imagine if that was his attitude through the whole film, instead of just Moby. Wouldn't yeah. it be good? Yeah, it could have been good. Hayden could have been great. You see, so there's things in dialogue and, and that he bits had a in better this film movie. that I like better than Phantom Menace. All right, I like so, Phantom Menace, are visuals. Boba Fett fight. Oh, I, I like the idea of the fight more than the fight itself. Right before the fight, of course, Obi-Wan talks to the Jedi, and they finally admit that maybe they can't use the Force anymore. No, and they, they completely can't... glide over it. Yeah. Our ability to use the Force has been diminished. Yeah. Not in our ability previous, to But in the minds. previous scene, Anakin could use the Force to lift things. Yeah. And then after that scene, Anakin... Uh, On Coruscant, they've already used the Force. And then Obi-Wan, it's like using the Force to when he's fighting... Uh, Django. So it's like it's Yoda not the use of the force. Yoda uses the, the force use a of, lot like, when he fights Dooku. It's the use of like detecting shit, I guess. Yeah, but they do it on Coruscant at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. So well, you know what it is. The worms don't have the force. So that makes it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> that it makes, makes it, worse. it makes no sense. It's it's a very stupid idea. All it had to be. Literally, all it had to be was that Palpatine could hide from the, the Force. That's what I mean. Is that he, It get, could have been one line. They're getting old. They don't want to meet the... Dooku just needs to say to him in this film. Or even, like, in, in the um, in Phantom Menace. You'll he just needs to say... He just, uh, Darth Maul just needs to be like to him, But sire, would they, would they sense that you're on the planet? He's like, I am invisible to their senses. Or when he's talking to Obi-Wan, he says, Oh, you'll never see who he is. He is elusive. Elusive. I wish I could do Christopher Lee. I was, he was one of the few, like he was so old of course, but he was one of the few actors where when I learned that he died, I actually was like, ah oh, damn, you were so good. Like I was happy, he had the greatest career, hmm. but like. I think, I think there's a cut off point that it's a moment like, how old was he? He was 90, I think he was 98. Yeah, 98. It's like, yeah, he had an amazing man. life. It's kind of, it's kind of like. Uh, he fought in World War II with, like, Ian, with Ian Fleming and J.R. Tolkien. It's like uh, Stanley. Died when he was eighty nine. Yeah, yeah, he had a great life. And he's like, yeah. Also, Stanley, of course, it's a good, was. It's a good moment to like, you know. He's ninety three years old. Yeah. So it's a good moment to pass. Yeah. It's you. you of age. I mean, nobody, nobody the, has had the, a. The problem was someone like uh, Leia. Um, oh, that was, that was devastating. That is really yeah. devastating because he was sixty. Yeah. She was sixty, and also she had she was in the middle of you know finishing her iconic role. Yeah. So, and that thing that Kathleen Kennedy said about how the first film was Han's film, the second film was Luke's film, and the third was going to be Leia's, and now it's going to be Palpatine's. Yeah. Oh, man. 
But, um... Guys, if you're not detecting it, we're not very excited for The Rise of Skywalker. And part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is because we want to get a sense of why this franchise was at one time really important to us. Like, I think we'd both argue that this is one of the most important bits of pop culture that's affected us in our lives. Definitely for me. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm a straight white man. Like, Star Wars is all I've got. Not anymore. <laughs> and you've got Zorro. That's really racist. Yeah, I know. So that's actually genuinely racist. Of, I was trying to think of like a Latin American hero. I'm not, not Latin American though. Yeah, he is. Zorro. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No. Yeah. No. What are you talking about? You invaded Latin America. My ancestors. Not your me. ancestors invaded. It's your fault. No. Just like it's my ancestors' fault for everything that, that happened in the world. No. Oh. The other way around. We wouldn't have Star Wars if it wasn't for our ancestors, so... Yeah, if it wasn't for your ancestors destroying all of the colonies of Machu Picchu... But I'm also Peru. half Australian, so... Yeah, so you've got, you've got both of the worst colonizers. You've got yeah. English and Spanish. You're, like, literally the worst yeah. person on Earth. Fuck yeah. You're literally Hitler. Don't, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't, don't get into politics. We've already talked about Trump's impeachment. Like how? No, worse no. I, I said I said I didn't know who what who Trump was. That was my no, no. Yeah, sorry, sorry. We we the, you know that 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 traitorous man who was disguised as the president. I don't anyway. know anything about politics. So I don't know what you're talking about. Let's get back to Star Wars. I, I have don't so want much, to. I have so much to say about Star Wars. All right, keep going. We are now on 36, 37 minutes in, and we are no, like excuse me, an hour and thirty six minutes in. Thirty six. An hour. 36. Yeah, that's what I said. I said an hour. You did? Oh, I didn't think you did. Yeah, I did. At, uh, panic, uh, panic, panicking, panicking, panicking. Panicking has a panicked dream about his mother. Well, you mean Batman, right? No, Panicking has the dream. Yeah, okay. So we, and, so and, we had... Added May. So we the, have the Django and Obi-Wan uh, fight. Oh, I was going to skip it. Which I was like... I said earlier that it was one of my favorite fights, and then I saw it again. I'm like, maybe not. Yeah, the, 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 watching these films it's, is it's like, like I remember these good moments, and then you're like, oh wow, they're not wait, that no, good. they're not. Yeah. But like, I like the idea of like a guy with a pistol fighting a Jedi. Yeah, it's like the best part of Rogue One. Well, you mean the massacre? Yeah, that's not a fight. That's yeah, a massacre. It's great. No, there's another one I'm trying to think of. Um, there is another... But you have, you have, you have kind of one in Solo. No, no you have Kylo, uh, Kylo Ren fighting Finn, who is not a Jedi. He's just a guy. And he gets and beaten instantly. you have, have Poe trying to take a shot at Kylo as well. And he yeah. gets instantly fucked up. Instantly fucked. I don't know why Poe runs into the middle of nowhere. We'll get to it. Anyway. Anyway, Obi-Wan uh, tracks... Uh, they, they, they go back to Tatooine. And we have, Anakin, we have a go back great to moment in... in uh, they go back to... Tatooine win because of the dream. The, the dream, yeah. Yeah. So the, we have a great moment. I think this is one of the best moments in the film. Yeah. When uh, Anakin meets Wado again. Yeah, Wado. And Wado doesn't recognize Wado, though. No. Wado, though. No. Yeah. Don't do that. Okay, and then uh, Anakin has a fight. Uh, fight. <laughs> has a conversation with uh, Wado. But you Wado fight. takes, like... <laughs> You did that man trick to work on me! He takes half a minute to realize who Anakin is. Yeah, it's great. And, and he's it's sad. Pretty great. And, and he's, he's like poor. Yeah, and he's poor and like he's got he, a beard. It makes you think of what's happened to him since uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah. It's the one so part like, that feels like a good sequel to Phantom Menace. Yeah, and it's like, it's generally interesting. What happened to this guy yeah. since Anakin left? He sold Anakin's mom. 
He sold Anakin's mom to a guy that married her, so he literally bought his uh, wife. And then we get to Baron's favorite scene again, uh, this the asteroid scene at the end, at the end, uh, in the middle of the film. Yeah, the asteroid scene that everybody loves to this day for Which is no reason. Shit. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's a terrible action. There's not tension. There's nothing. There's nothing. Like there's that sound effect. There's that sound effects of the mind. But guess what? Ben Burt knows what he's doing. And guess what? When he does a Are good you? film, like Wally, it know, works. Do you know which film has something very similar to that? What? Last Jedi. No. No. Like we're gonna we're gonna talk about we'll this. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Not, we'll talk about it. It's not as bad as this, dude. Seriously. This is this is the worst. Back on Tatooine, the Obi-Wan stuff really the Obi-Wan does not matter from this point in the film. Obi-Wan doesn't do anything for the rest of the film. Well, he gets kidnapped. Yeah. What does he do as a character for the rest of the film? He causes the war to happen. No, he doesn't. Yeah. How? They try to rescue him. Because it's an idiot. Yeah, but he was going to... The army the war, was already going to go the there. The war happens because of him. Yeah, but the Jedi were already on their way. Windu says, like, we're on our way. And remember how when Windu says that... But only because that, Obi-Wan says something. Padme and uh, Anakin are like, Oh, we got to go. We'll, we'll, we'll get there way quicker. They arrive, like, maybe... Six hours before the Jedi. Six hours? Like... 20 minutes. It's night when they arrive, and then, uh, okay. and then it's day when they're going to get executed. Back on Tatooine. We get a really cool scene. Not... Not... Not Uncle Owen and stuff. That's... That doll. That's I was going to say, where's the CGI on these? And then I remember the 3PO is CGI. Yeah, ugh. That's right. There's no blue milk. There's no blue milk. No, it's... It's it's iced tea. It's, it's literally iced tea. just lipped in iced tea that they poured into cups. Because George was trying to save money. Um... Um... Yeah. And then Anakin goes and save, to save his mother. Who has been kidnapped by yeah. the Tusken and Raiders. And there's a cool scene in there. It's a good Yeah, montage. the one bit that has Anakin... Um, no, it doesn't have Anakin doing anything. It has them... It has Anakin and Padme in silhouette. And then he says, I have to go. I have to save her. And Padme hugs him. And that, for my opinion, should have been the first time they touched in the film. The kiss earlier completely doesn't work. Yeah. The idea that... Uh, Padme would like grab him and hug him in this moment makes a lot of sense mm. Anakin goes and John Williams plays Duel of the Fates and it's so amazing and Anakin is racing by the twin sons it's an iconic moment of these yeah. movies and, there's one and of the, I completely had forgotten about one it one of the most beautiful shots in in the film that holds for a good while yeah which is the silhouette of Anakin talking to a Jawa. With what looks like a real sky scene behind them that is yeah. moving. And then the, it's beautiful. And then the background, the ship, the ship show. You've got the sand crawlers. The sand crawlers in the background look pretty damn good. Yeah. They look fucking great. Yeah, it looks like a good movie. Yeah, and then it cuts to an awful shot. Of Geonosis, which Geonosis. looks like Tatooine. Which looks like Tatooine, like yeah, I mentioned earlier. impossible to tell. And then our villain is introduced, an hour and 16 yeah, minutes that's, in. That's... Okay, let's just skip to when... Okay, Anakin finds his mother. Finds his mother... She and dies on his hand. Well, like... I would argue also that the imagery of the way Shmi is tied up, it's meant to be implied that she has been abused by the Raiders. Everyone says that, but I don't see why a, the Sand people would be interested in, you know, abusing her. Oh, it's like, but like, I, I don't get my it. My point I, is, I, I why, is it, it. why couldn't she just be dead? It should have been just that, yeah. Yeah, why couldn't it have been something like when Luke sees Uncle Owen and Aparu and their house is just burned? Well, you, Luke you, goes there you're and saying like, that the movie went too far in a few places? No, I'm not saying that. I don't think I'd ever say that. It's George's movie. It's his vision. He can do whatever he wants. Look, 
we're going to get to it when we talk about Disney, but I much prefer the idea of a sole creator having the ability to try new things with their movies than everything just has to be pulled from a formula that's worked before. Like, the stuff that he tries that's new in the movies that works is great. The problem is that almost none of it works. It works for five seconds. Yeah. So I'm not going to say it's better because it worked for five seconds. Anakin's mum dies and he murders women and children. And the women and the children too. Yeah. Yeah. Then Mace Windu and the... Yeah, 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 yeah. We're so excited about this movie. Anakin admits to Pamela that he murdered everyone. A scene that could have easily been handled better with Anakin not wanting to talk about his grief. Yeah. And Padme trying to get him to admit that he's hurt and that he's sad. And that it's okay for him to cry. That's all you need. It's an easy scene. It's a very simple scene to act. Yeah. It's a really simple scene to stage. And it's a really effective scene because every single one of us, especially men who have experienced a trauma in our lives, we know what it's like when you feel like you can't express that emotion. And the Jedi are telling him not to express the emotion. And all Padme should do is go up, hug him from behind and say, there's nothing you could have done. It's okay. I'm here for you. And he should just fucking cry. Like, just let him cry. Let him be sad. Instead, he becomes insane. Oh, he's a screaming. He just starts screaming about how he should be all powerful. And I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to show why he'll fall in the next movie. But save that for the next movie. Save it. Have this movie just be about them falling in love. The whole movie was marketed around that they were going to fall in love. Remember what the, the tagline on the poster said? Nope. A Jedi will not know fear, nor anger, nor love. And it's just them facing away from each other. Oh. Yeah. The whole movie is about them falling in love. So why is this scene in here? Anyway. Anakin and well, Padme decide to go and save Obi-Wan. Well, um, Mace Windu tells uh, Anakin to stay put on the planet and not do anything, right? Mm. And then we have another good moment, another good writing moment where... But I'm just like, oh, we have to go and save everyone. And then uh, Anakin says, no, I can't, we can't, I can't go anywhere. I'm here to protect you. And she says, well, I go there by myself and you have to protect me. And his mouth's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he ignores like, oh, it. He's like, yeah, that's pretty f- yes, my lady. Yeah. That's like something that Han would have done, right? That's, that's a good moment in the film. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have the moment where Jar Jar dooms everyone. Oh, is that right after? Yeah, right yeah, after. Right. Jar Jar votes for... This oh, is a crisis. crisis! Yes. Sorry, we missed the most important line of the whole movie. This is a crisis. Yes. And they need a uh, senator to maybe... Uh, give the Chancellor emergency the powers. Emergency powers, you right? You know, worked for Hitler. Yeah. If only Senator Amidala no, were here. What is the name of that actor? He's so good. The actor who plays Masameda. He's so good. You should have known this name already. Yeah, I, I did. I've looked him up so many times. David Bowers. David Bowers is the voice of Masamada. And this I is a crisis. was very tempted to try and get him on the podcast. This is a crisis. This is a crisis. The senator must give emergency powers to the Supreme Chancellor. And then we get to your favourite scene. Yeah, my favourite scene of the prequels. The actual, your actual favourite scene. No. Well, it's my favourite scene only because Christopher Lee is doing such a good job. Ewan McGregor sucks in this scene. Both as what's written and the actor. I think Ewan McGregor is awful in this scene. Well, he's obviously in a really uncomfortable position. He probably isn't on set. 
Yeah, but the way his body is, his body is real, so he must be... No, but he probably wasn't filmed with Christopher Lee. That explains why he's not yeah. acting properly. Christopher Lee just kills it. Um, this is the one scene that tries to explain what's going on in these movies. And it was My, the reason. And, and, and Christopher Lee flat out tells him, what if I told you there was a Dark Lord in charge of the Republic? And everyone's like, no, that's impossible. The Jedi would have sensed it. He's like, no, no shut up. Listen to me. And, 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 and yeah, it should be like that, right? And then he says, and then Duke says, no, 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 shut up, Obi-Wan. Listen to me. I'm telling you that a Sith Lord is in charge of the Senate. He's like, Obi-Wan's like, no, 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 no. The Jedi would definitely know. No, Obi-Wan. I'm going to tell you again, but slower. The Jedi have been fooled by a Sith Lord who at this moment is in charge of the Republic. You might say a supreme leader. Then, like, oh, you mean Palpatine's then, a Sith then, Lord? Then he cuts to Palpatine laughing like, <laughs> and then he cuts back to the scene. That's literally the scene, right? Yeah, that's literally what happens. Palpatine walks in and everyone's like, <gasps> no! And it's a tan tan tan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh no, my that's God. exactly what happens in the film. Oh, man. Like, it's so silly. <sighs> Jar Jar Binks dooms the entire universe. Oh yeah, Jar Jar dooms the entire universe. It's great. It's uh, so and it's, it's great because everyone just agrees instantly. There's no voting again. There's no voting or anything. They just agree with it. It's great. Anakin and Padme get captured and take it to a Coliseum next to You forgot the best action scene in the whole film. Oh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's the worst action scene yeah, in they, the prequels. Yeah, the, the film that they shot in four hours. It's they a, shot it before lunch. That's what they brag about on the on the behind the scenes. That's a scene. That's the worst scene in the prequels, probably. The, for, the worst action scene. Yeah, absolutely. It's by far the worst action scene. Yeah. And then we get to the set piece of the whole movie, the Colosseum scene. I wonder, I wonder where he got it from. And we have the Reek, the Akli, and the Dog, which name I don't know. You mean the boring one? Yeah, the boring one. And then can, fight it. Can you ever fight a Reek in any of the Star Wars games? Because you fight the Akali well, the Reek? The Reek is the big red one that well, Anakin in, rides. Well, in, in the Lego game, you can control it. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I've got to play Lego Star Wars. And um, They just... In, um, oh, yeah. Right, you try to... No. Okay. No, never mind. no, let's not get... We could go through so many different details. Um, we it's noticed almost two hours we, already. We noticed watching this film this time, and we've watched this film so many times before, R2-D2 repeatedly tries to murder C-3PO. Like, he knew. He knew he was going to... He knew he was going to... Also, I I just want to point out something. C-3PO belongs to the Lars family, right? C-3PO is their property. Anakin built him. But it's their property. But it's their property. They must have bought it when they bought... Shmi Skywalker and Watto probably paid for him. Yeah. That's true, yeah. So Shmi owns him. And then... Obviously, the last family owns him. And, then he just and they fixed him. him. They finished him. They finished him off. Yeah. Anakin didn't finish him. Yeah. It's their droid. And then they steal him. They steal him. Anakin just steals C-3PO. He doesn't just steal him. He steals him from a family, the head of which is in a wheelchair. He steals a droid from a disabled man. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's pretty weird. And it goes by and you don't think about it. But like, you see, 3 po is 100% a stolen droid from like a... And it's so weird that 3PO... Is owned by that same family again, twenty years later, and at no point. Oh, is, they're, they're bu- <laughs> yeah, at no point is Owen Lars like, oh wait, you were stolen from us like twenty you. years ago. I know you. I know wait you. You're gold now, but like, I know you. Anyway, that sounds familiar. Anyways, um, let's get back to the Coliseum. Yeah, it sucks. It's, it's kind of boring. It's fun to see them work without lightsabers, though. Yeah, 
We're still boring. So I, I want to ask you, if you're a Geonosian and you've had a hard day at work and you know you just want to go to the Colosseum and see some executions, would you want to see an execution that would be over in like 10 seconds if the people no. weren't Jedi? No, they should have gotten like really bad weapons yeah. to fight with. Yeah, it should have been the scene in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, and maybe they changed it to make it really useful or something. It should have been the ending of Spartacus. They should have made Obi-Wan and Anakin fight each other. Or otherwise they'll kill Padme. Dude, it would have been good. The two of them fight Batman and yeah. just win. What? <laughs> they just win instantly. <laughs> just kill her instantly. No, no. No, you know what I mean though? Something. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Would have uh, been good. And then Mace Window just shows up. Shows up. With the 100 Jedi. Yep. And then... Five minutes later, they they all die. No, no. This is what happens within like five minutes of screen time. Mace Windu shows up with 100 Jedi. The Separatists show up with 1,000 droids. And then Yoda shows up with 1,000 clones. 10,000 droids. Yeah. You know the thing that rules about Lord of the Rings? All the armies are introduced kind of on their own. Yeah. You get time to see them as armies. You 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 get to like mourn them. What they look yeah, like. it would be like in the Battle of Pelennor Fields, if you had you started the battle with the orcs fighting the humans, and then a minute or two into it, the army of Rohan shows up, so and then two minutes, them. and then two minutes later, the uh, the uh, merchants from the east with the elephants come in, and then literally a minute later, the army of the dead comes in. It, like you've got no time. Nah. you've got no time to see like what's interesting about the battle. Yeah, and one thing you and I were talking about is that. George Lucas took a very hands-off approach with the Battle of Geonosis. Like, in the script, it literally just reads, you know, a battle a battle commences. And ILM auditioned shots for him where they were using very early digital animatics and they were doing things like filming themselves on the back lot just in front of, like, makeshift sets and, um, and just doing little deep digital kind of animatics. And they would show George Lucas the shots and he would be like, yeah, that looks good, that looks good. Like, he took a very hands-off approach and some of the most visually interesting shots of the whole movie happen in this sequence. Hmm. It's kind of weird to see the difference from the rest of the film. So all the Jedi fight, uh, Jango Fett dies. Yeah, one point is that um, Jango Fett is defeated by... Uh, it's killed. By Samuel by, Jackson. You know, Mace Windu. Yeah. And it's a bit like, it should have, it should have been... Obi-Wan, but I reckon George Lucas won it because Obi-Wan has to fight the Akle or whatever it's called. Yeah, I guess he has to fight it. So he wanted to have each Jedi a, a different thing to do in the fight? Yeah, but why doesn't Mace Windu just kill the Akle? Because if we didn't fight... Uh, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We didn't make the film. It's George's choices. We're just reacting Bad to them. We're acting to them. We're just reacting to them. Yeah. Um, Dooku escapes. The war has completely Somehow, broken out. Somehow he escapes. He escapes... Then the huge battle happens, and then Obi-Wan and Anakin go and fight Mace Windu, and it's, um... No, fight Count Dooku. Yeah, I said yeah. Windu. <laughs> this, is um, what, this is what happens when you talk Anakin, two hours over this stupid film. There is no moment in the fight where they fight together. Anakin is immediately electrocuted. Obi-Wan gets his leg sliced very tenderly and delicately, yeah. and his arm sliced very tenderly and delicately. I think originally the script... He cuts his leg off, and then they were like, "Oh and then, no!" And then George thought, "Oh wait, his his legs is fine." You don't know. You never see his legs in a New Hope. Yeah, but they could have been. There would have been a point of it. Nah. Yes. Nah. Just, yes. Just his eyeball. Nah. He regrows them, nah. but Anakin can't. Anakin has to have a robot arm. Yeah. Oh, Anakin! I used up all of the the the, the tissue transplant. And um. Why yeah, not just have Why not just have Dooku get away? Why not have that be the end of the movie? Because they have to have a fight. It's but he gets away anyway. 
Yeah, I know. Um, Yoda shows up. Yeah. I have seen reactions. I actually remember when I saw it in theaters, people went apeshit for this scene. People thought it was the coolest thing ever. And... I still think it's dumb. Yeah, it's not... Like, Yoda's got to flip around. He's, like, using up all his energy. Also, Yoda is weirdly war-hungry at this point in the movie. And immediately after this scene, you're going to see Yoda be like, this was not a victory. Like, we're at war now. Do you understand how bad this is? Before that, Yoda's like, oh, yeah. Oh, good. Very good. Concentrate fire at the innocent civilians. (laughs) Well... Use white phosphorus. Man, all of us children. This is the first Star Wars film produced after 9-11. And this is on the verge of the Iraq war. And you can definitely sense that Lucas is tapping into a bit of that with the final scene. Oh, the, the best... A great scene in the film. Amazing scene. It's a pretty good scene. Where uh, uh, Palpatine doesn't look like Dick Cheney at all. No, he doesn't look anything like Dick Cheney. For legal purposes, he looks nothing like Dick Cheney. Yes. You just we threw some glasses don't, on We there. don't talk about politics in this. No, we don't talk about politics at all. Ever. No. Especially right-wing politics, because they're great. The world is great. Everything's I don't even know fine. which one is which. I don't know which one's which either. Liberal over here is left-wing over there. Oh, what? Makes no sense. Anyway, uh, Dooku meets with Palpatine. At some point in the movie, Dooku says, How could the Republic have found an army so quickly? I don't know, because your boss organised it? <laughs> like, you... <laughs> We know that you know about the planet because your bounty hunter stayed there. (laughs) What? The guy who you employed is literally the surrogate for all of these clones. Mm -hmm. You know these clones exist. He must be lying, right? He must be lying. But why is he lying to all of the villains? There's no reason. I don't know. It makes no sense. Okay. I'm getting tired. Do you think this is better than Phantom still? Yes, 100%. I don't. I really don't. Why? Because this film is trying to be... Phantom is just trying to be a space adventure. And it kind of fails at that. It fails completely. This movie is trying to be a timeless love story. Which do you think fails worse? I, I don't care about the idea of what the movie is meant to it's be. It's not the idea. It's what the movie is. The movie but is I, about I, a love I story. I care about... It ends with them getting married. But I care about um, how the movie is actually made. Yeah. And I think... Phantom Menace is a completely yeah, nonsense. This is a terrible film. love story. Yes, and I'm saying Phantom Menace has no story. It does have a story. It's just very weirdly told. Yeah, this this has a story that is told properly. Oh, I'd argue that. It's, it's poorly made. Alright, then tell me. Who paid for the clones? How did they pay for it? How did they pay? pay for them? When? Years ago, before he became a senator. With what? <laughs> he, he's villain they're like what yeah, why are you asking me I, I, what? Don't, I don't come know. on none of this stuff is explained his relationship with Dooku is only explained at the very end but I know what's going on with Obi-Wan he's trying to find out th- even though Obi-Wan's stupid I know yeah. what's going on with him I know that Anakin and Pame are gonna fall in love yeah it's really poorly done but I know yeah. what's going on then I, I, then I know why Obi-Wan and I know why Padme and Anakin go to Geonosis yeah I know what's going on at, in the battle at the end Khan Dooku has a conversation with Obi-Wan so they have feeling towards each other definitely wasn't a reshoot they they care about like they know who each other is so the fight at the end has a bit more sense Darth Maul a slightly bit more sense do I have to say anything about Darth Maul how shit that character is what are you talking about the greatest character of all time yeah he was like he was like why do people love Darth Maul so much it's just the the makeup right it's the music and the, the lightsaber 
It's the music. It's the music. It's all the music. It's just the music. That's, just... that's the only reason the speeder scene in this movie is so good. is because of the music. Yeah, and then you have a really good shot. Yeah, right yeah a really good shot. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was Attack of the Clones. I'm, I'm really sorry, guys. Like, I really, really struggle to get excited about this movie. I would have much rather talked about Gemini Man for 20 minutes. But, um, oh yeah, Gemini Man, what's your final verdict? I gave it a 5 on IMDb. 3 out of 10. It was at a 5.2 and I think that's high. 3 out of 10. Out of 10? Yeah. No! Yes. Like Faces of Death is a 3 out okay, of 10. 4 out of 10. It's below average. Definitely below average. What would you rate uh, Clone? The clones I think I rated a 6. I took the Clones? Yeah. Gave it a 6. 6? Gave it a 6, yeah. I give it a three. Look, these are the worst Star Wars films. They are so far from the worst films ever made. No. They are. They, are you joking? Hollywood made. Ho- Hollywood made. I'm not talking about the room and shit like that. Well, they're that. not made in Hollywood. But like, I mean, high production films. No, there's worse high production films. Like what? Many. What? Batman vs. Superman is worse than these. Yeah, that, that's a one. That's Justice literally a worse one. than these. That's a one. It's not one. Yes. No. There were... Gabe, I have seen... I've seen The Black Hole from 2006. I've seen Birdie. But, that, I've seen but like, those, are, those are fucking B-graded movies. Come on. Yeah, but C-graded movies. Yeah, they're bad. What do you rate those then? They're also C-graded one. movies. They're not the same. They're not the same thing. This is why I don't use numbers. I, this is why my review system I, I, is like, I like numbers. I know I, you I do. Really... But then you can't give one a one. Why? And then be like... <laughs> why? Why can't I? Oh, what, do you, what do you rate Phantom? One. Um, it's probably, one. It's probably a one. three. It's probably a three still. And you said Attack of the Clones is a one. No, I said Attack of the Clones is a three. Three is way too harsh. Three out of five, maybe. No, what? Three. Ugh. You're actually saying that the movie's good. Five? It's average. I'm saying... Six? Ugh. It's good. Seven? It's pretty good. Eight? It's kind of great. Nine is... Whoa, it's amazing. Ten is a masterpiece. Yeah. Right? Yeah. One is... Worthless and pointless. Yeah, like and the black actually hole bad. Two thousand six. Two is like sh- completely stupid mm. and really worthless. Three is like uh, some stuff, but overall the whole film is stupid. Yeah. Four is like eh, could have been something. Yeah. But it's not. Five is like eh, it's fine. Ant Man. It's it's average. Yeah. So take the points. No, so that's five. A three. Five. Three. It's pretty. Uh, that's it. I think it's pretty average. That's it. Guys. Anyway, next week we're going to be talking about my least favorite of the films. Really? One of the yeah. I think I just like Revenge of the Sith more than Phantom. Why? I really do. Really? Okay, we'll get to it. Uh, we'll get to it. Thank you so much for yeah. listening as we go through our road to the Rise of Skywalker. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.